millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Have you and I had in-depth conversations about aliens? I think so. Because it's been a lot of news recently. Uh, ships flying around in the atmosphere and all this type of stuff. Yeah. Alien lands right now. Mm-hmm. What are the top five albums you're going to tell us alien he needs to listen to to understand what it's like to be a human in the world today? Albums? Yeah. Man. Um, or songs. If, if it's songs, if, you know, a whole, com- a whole collection of, of, of uh, albums is, is hard to digest these days. So five songs. Five songs. That just like encompass your experience as a human being, whether sad, happy, all, all of it. Five songs. Five songs. Um, you go first on this one. Cause okay. I would have to say Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. Um, I think that's just a fun song, American song. I think it's like close to the new national anthem to me. I think <sighs> that it, I think that it is way better than the national anthem for sure. Um, so I would say Party in the USA. I would say All Right by Kendrick Lamar. Just powerful song. Dope shit. Um, I would then say Return of the Mac, Mark Morrison. There is no better song to get a party started than Return of the Mac. Uh, Fourth, I would have to say um, Till I Collapse by Eminem. I think that song really encompasses the early 2000s, um, 9-11, the Iraq and um, Afghanistan war. I think that that song just really, you know, makes me feel like, uh, you know, War mode. And then lastly, I would have to say Dancing on My Own by Callum Scott. Obviously, Robin, original song by Robin, but Callum Scott he stole it. And I think that song just really, if an alien landed and I want them to know what sadness is, I'd play them that song. And then they'd really understand what sadness is and maybe shed their first tear. And then maybe the tear that they shed is their weakness because they're not allowed to have, you know, it's the atmospheric change in the water from their eyes is what their weakness is because we don't know if they're enemies yet or foe or their friend or foe friend. So making them cry could be the way that we defeat them. So those would be my, my five. I was partying in the USA, All Right by Kendrick Lamar, um, Dancing on My Own by Callum Scott, Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison, Till I Collapse, Eminem. I think that they just hit, it just hit all the spectrums for me of my experience uh, as a human being. Um. Okay. For me, one would be, I got to go 80s, so Human Nature is one. Yeah, um, ooh, and fitting. Like, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Human Nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, uh-huh. we're humans, and they yes, aren't. Yes, mm-hmm. that's a, um, probably, one of, that's probably one of my favorite all-time songs. Mm-hmm. Not just from him, but just from like... Just, just of anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great song. Um, Let's see. Another Isn't song would out? be, Let's Go... Touch a Stranger... Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to go a song. I'm going to go. Um, this Dick Ain't Free, the interlude from To uh, Pepper no. Butterfly. Okay, sorry. Okay. Definitely not. <laughs> um, They're like, what is Dick? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go Good Kid, Mad City. Only because, the full album. The full album. Only because. It's like a movie. 
it's like a movie, but it's it's a it's a, a perspective of a, a a young black kid in the inner city, yes, in city life that they they wouldn't obviously wouldn't know anything about. No, but, but they can see, they can see it. But they can see it, yeah. And the cool thing about that album is, no matter where you're from, you understand. It's very it. relatable, yes. yeah. Like even I'm not from California, like yes. I don't know anything about gangbanging culture, but like I understand the conflicts of a girl tells you to come to this neighborhood and whatever, and you're not supposed to be over yeah. there, and people. You know, dudes hating or what? Like, I get it. It just is a relatable album. Yes. Okay. Another one. So, song. Yes. Human nature. Then album. Good Kid, Mad City. Yes. Um. Another. You make your own rules. Yes, I do. (laughs) Another song would be, We All the World. This is Michael Jackson again. This is Michael Jackson. Oh, that's everybody. That's 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 this is everybody. Yeah, yeah. This is United Nations type of song. Exactly. And it kind of reminded me of a, I mean, not the same as the Miley Cyrus song, but it's like one of those songs where it's like. They try to represent like this is us. Yes, uh-huh. we all the world. We you know it's like uh-huh. one of those things where we kind of bring everybody together. Yeah, I guess when you're down and out. Yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> I guess that would be a song they would go. They would want. They would. Yeah, they're like, like this is beautiful. This is I don't beautiful, know why but all I mean, my aliens sound like robots. Yeah, this mm. is beautiful, but I mean like it may not be realistic, but I mean yeah. like, <laughs> it's beautiful. Though. Yeah, it's great. Song. Um, I'm gonna go Stevie Wonder. Okay, and go. Um, Isn't um, she lovely? Yes. Isn't she lovely? That's oh man, that song will make me fucking Isn't cry she right now. It's a song I played before Sophie was born. Did you really? Yes. Bro, that's the vision I have. Like yeah. if I ever have a kid someday when I hear that song, I'm like, yeah, yeah. bro, this fe- I I can only imagine how much he loved that kid yeah, yeah. to make that song about that kid. Yeah. And yeah. I was I knew I was having a girl, so it was like that song, I was like, Oh, I definitely want to play yeah. that song. Oh, that's um, done. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um that song made me happy. Mm-hmm. And that's just personal. That's, yeah. that's for me. And another song, I'm going to go Busta Rhymes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Turn it up. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, that's oh, song. shit. Yeah. <laughs> touch it. Bring it. Touch that, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no. That, I'll play that. I'll go look. Man. Hey, if you want to party. Yeah. No, this is this is what you That might throw off their heart rhythm when they're boom, <laughs> da, dum, boom. They might, they might not want to stay here. Yeah, they're like, oh, these people go hard. <laughs> these people look yeah, crazy. I don't know. Okay, so we got, okay, so we got Human Nature oh, by yeah, Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. That's, no, yeah, you threw a whole album in there. So it's yeah, like, really, to. it's not five songs. It's like 20 songs. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. Human Nature, Michael Jackson, great song. Yes. Good Kid, Mad City, fantastic album. Yeah. We got uh, Isn't She Lovely by Stevie Wonder. Yeah. What else said? We Are the World. We Are the World yes. by all of them. Everybody. Everybody. Every 80s. Michael Bolton, Cindy yes. Lauper, everybody. Yeah. And then Touch It by yeah. Busta Rhymes. Yeah. Very eclectic uh, list you got there. That, yeah. that threw me off for that to be the last one you throw in. Yeah. It's Busta Rhymes. I mean, that song was a... When that song no, came out. Listen. <laughs> you want to get into it? <laughs> yes, I, mean, I like, do. Yeah, I mean, that song... When that song came Shook out. the Richter scales. I mean, like... Man. It, yeah. it, 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 was a, it was a moment. It was a moment. It really sure. was. Turn it up. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It was different, yeah. man. Yeah, 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 it was, yeah, the energy was um was different. People also, was coming back that wasn't in the game. Yeah, you're like, is that Rod Digger? <laughs> you know, I didn't know she was still rapping. You know, that, you know, so that was cool. Yeah, yeah man. This, yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your list is crazy. Aliens would just be like, confu- like it was so confusing. Like, yeah, no. Um, but, and are, then, yeah. but are we buying into it? Though? Into what the into alien it. stuff? I believe in aliens, first of all. But I'm saying, is this a concern? Oh, do I believe? Is it a real thing? Do you think it's a real thing that? You know, alien. Well, shit's just been weird since that Chinese weather balloon. You know what I mean? And we don't even know if that was a Chinese weather balloon. That's just what they said. Yeah. They could have shot down an alien. We don't know, right? So the question is one, do we believe that all these unidentified things that are happening are aliens? That's the answer to that for me is I don't know. Two, if they are aliens, should we be concerned? 
That's the second question. And to that one, I also go, I don't know, because here's the thing about aliens, friend. That's the scariest thing. Mm. If they are real, if they are doing these things, we can't fathom. We can't do that. Like we have no technology that can even understand the capabilities of coming like from Mars, from another solar system that it wouldn't take thousands of years to do. Like the, the idea that they can just come, pew, pop in, fly around, say what's up, and then go back to wherever the fuck they're like. They're, they're not just here. Like they, they can come back and forth <laughs> makes them like God. If they can do that, they can like, take they could probably like, like press a button and just shut the whole earth. Stop on the dime and like go. Yeah. Fucking up if they have further. that kind of technology, they are, light years ahead of us and so you know I, I don't know how we approach that but it makes me scared for sure yeah i th- i they could be just allies man they could come over here and go like well that's the thing no threat you a movie that i know you haven't watched but you should but it gets a little heady is arrival mm. it was beautiful made me cry yeah arrival I just hope things don't get complicated while I'm still alive. That's all. I kinda That's what I'm saying, bro. I'm hoping, listen, I'm hoping like <laughs> on my, I'm hoping my die, my dying breath before that death rattle is like, that's when shit gets weird. Yeah. When the, like the, 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 the desert, like there's no water left, all that Mad yeah. Max shit. I want to be like the last society that just like, we go, man, well, <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. Hey man, look. I don't want anything. I don't want any post-apocalyptic shit. I don't want to be like Book of Eli. Yeah, I love my kids, but. When it's time for me to go, like I've done what I, what I was put on this earth to do, yeah, was to birth you guys, take uh-huh. care of you, and then, hey man, yeah. When they're they're you like they're your like own. you're on your deathbed, they're like forty five, yeah. they have their kids, you're just like, good luck, yeah. You on <sighs> your, <sighs> I'm last, checking out that last breath. <sighs> I'm like, checking out. Good luck, <sighs> yeah. And they're like, then it's fucking <laughs> Mad Max shit is going down. The people are fighting for water. I, I don't want any of that shit for me. I'm gone. Yeah, man. You hey. did your job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> What'd you say? Dude, you like deuces. deuces. <laughs> yeah, obvious. We got a problem here. And it's more than just obvious dreaming punisher. When life begins to suck, who's reporting it? Luckily, you got two friends who you won't forget. Coming live, Alvin and friend on survival. Laughing non-stop case drops on a cycle. Louder than intrusive thoughts off an iPhone. How they make the world seem bright with the lights off. It might as well stay up Lies being told Like that dinosaur BS Magnifying glass To the ground If they don't see us Having the time Roasting your favorite pizza Bougie ain't an option It's the wage Take it to the grave Add moving to the place You already know When they take the case Laugh the pain away It's affirmative Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up? France, speak on it, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Hey, have you run into these people... I have a guy at work, right? It's Get old, into it. This old white guy, right? Unpack it. And it's every day. It's a it's a conversation of p- politics. Mm-hmm. Common. Uh, it's common these days. Yeah, politics and this new thing that he keeps speaking on is AI. This whole AI uh-huh. development that we have sure. right now, and it's, he thinks is. Everything. And what is, like what is he, what does he mean? He's like, what's his concern? What is he speaking specifically? It's about? just. Whatever is happening with the government or decisions that's being made mm-hmm. or things that's changing, just, you know, by, he's an older guy. So the things that changes with like younger, younger people are doing, it's, just, it's all 
has something to do with AI. Sure. He's like, well, TikTok AI, stealing our tech names, this and that, and it's like I can't really pinpoint. Uh, yeah, he's just he, saying a word. Yeah, but it's, it's the AI. He is, j- he's upset when he says. I don't know you're this guy, but when he says AI, he means like Illuminati. Like he doesn't mean metaverse. You know what I mean? He doesn't right. mean Facebook right. metaverse yeah. or the Oculus uh, headsets or something like or like deep fake videos where they can make Barack Obama look like he's a uh, in a gangbang. Yeah, you know what but whatever like, it is, he's if it's it's, it's ruining his. The earth and the people's brains. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he he's talking about the AI. Illuminati. Yeah, AI. AI is just a, a placeholder for like Illuminati, lizard people, uh, the Bilderberg group. Like he just is. A, he's crazy. Yeah, not crazy, but like every we live in a world today where everybody's crazy. Like the baseline is crazy. Anything that happens, the president does this. They go, he's not even really the president. Like that's the world now. It really is crazy. Like we've we've gone into a place that <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. Like we can never think about the fact that I don't think we can ever have just a boring election again. Like there can never be somebody that's not Dwayne the Johnson or so, like people need to get inspired. I hope that I would love that. Like just a guy that you mean comes- like a qualified. Yeah, like a real, like a guy that's like, I know about politics yeah. and I'm, you know, I'm good, savvy or whatever. I have, a, be, I have a political background. I have a political background. I have a, yeah. I have plans it's, instead of just like, fuck you. Or what's the message? Like, or how, how good are you at Twitter? Like none of that. We can't go back to like a boring no. guy who's wants the job because he's qualified to do the job. Yeah. It's even some guy that's the loudest. Mm-hmm. He has a following. Yes. And he speaks his mind very, mm-hmm. very transparent of like his and usually probably awful things (laughs) or the guy that's like he's boring but we don't want this you're always it's either you're voting for the guy that's like he's crazy yeah yeah. and i love it shake the system up yeah or the guy that's like we can't have a fucking ex-wrestler be the president so i'll vote for this guy even though i don't really like him yeah that's the that's now politics yeah crazy celebrities loud rallies football fields whatever boom or He's white bread, boring, whatever, but... I don't like he, the other guy. I don't like the other guy. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it is now. Imagine if Dwayne Johnson runs for president. I'm Ooh, voting for Kyle. He He would win. He'd get my vote. <laughs> he would win. If he comes up there, he's like, if you smell... But why are you voting for him, though? Huh? But why, Because he's the rock. Have you seen Walking Tall? Yeah, but what is his argument? I, I, mean, like, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. What is his whole argument? It's, I don't care. I don't know. Up. He's just like, you know, America, no more jabronis. Quali- but what if it's a qualified individual who's running? I'd I'd fall for the the same Donald Trump shit. I'd fall for like the fanfare of a The Rock type of thing. So you He comes out and you think picture this. He comes out in a suit, he throws a thing like a SummerSlam type of event at a stadium to, yeah. for his campaign yeah. and he wrestles a guy that looks like Bernie Sanders or whoever he'd be running against. Like a guy that's dressed like his his opponent. Yeah. And he just fucking does the people's elbow, <sighs> takes the fucking sleeve off and runs off the ropes and then boom, throws the I elbow down you, on him. I thought you were saying- I'm like, running to the ballot box fast as I, fuck. I thought you were saying, well, we need to, it needs to go back to that and we need to get people- But what I'm saying to you is, no, all I was saying was what I understand to be the political landscape now, which is crazy, ridiculous candidate versus- candidate who is qualified technically but boring as fuck but i'd rather vote for this guy than the crazy guy but sometimes i think in my lifetime we still got a lot of voting left to do in our lives every four years sometimes i'm gonna fall for this guy yeah sometimes it's gonna be the rock then you vote for him whoa hey man (laughs) whoa (laughs) listen man these taxes are getting out of control anyway uh (laughs) jokes podcast this is jokes 
no, but sometimes I'm going to vote for the. I think sometimes they're going to get me. I think The Rock could get me. You know, that's yeah. that's my only point. You know, it's just it's, that, crazy it's just so. But yeah, the, it's you're, so comical. You're, just, yeah, it's not, all silly. It's all silly, bro. It's, it's all joke, just silly, man. dumb shit, bro. But your your coworker, uh, yeah, AI, and yeah. I have those same coworkers at my job. Yeah, everything is, um, yeah, everything is like. Uh, you know they're touching kids. Like everything is everything. <laughs> everything is, comes back to some rings and islands and uh, uh, Jeff. Uh, yeah. uh, what's the guy? Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein. Everything because Jeffrey Epstein. Everything comes back to that. Like yeah. that's the world now. And I'm not saying I don't believe a lot of that stuff. I'm, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying everything is laced in intrigue now. Yeah. The gas prices is like yeah, see man, no, that's because they're that's because Saudi Arabia is mad at us because they we won't give them kids anymore. You know, they're stealing kids and it's sucking their blood. Like we're having, people are having conversations like that in public. Yeah. Like that's not uh, message board stuff anymore. No. You can hear that at a Panera Bread. Yeah. So it's a crazy word. I don't really know. But again, as we said at the top of the show in a little cold open, I hope that when this shit hits the fan, I'm just fucking, I'm like on the verge of checking out. Yeah. Like I've lived my life. I've done everything I'm supposed to do. I'm I'm 84 years old. I've I've been doing heroin for the last 10 years. I've jumped out of planes, lived a hell of a life, yeah. and then I'm on my deathbed and I'm ready to check well, out. Let me ask you something. And then the Civil War kicks off. Boom, right on. That's what I was about to ask you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go I'm ahead. scared to bring it up because I'm scared to put it out in the atmosphere. Yeah, we but have a tendency think, to like speak. Um, but do you, you think know? that will be? Do you think war is upon us? It's like um that episode of The Office where everybody yeah, has yeah, a gun. Yeah, yeah. If one person shoots, everybody dies. Yeah. That's kind of like the general understanding between countries about nuclear weapons yeah they're like if you shoot i mean if you bust your gun we're gonna bust our gun back yeah and that kind of keeps everybody honest yeah because they go well we're all we'll all die yeah then what's the point exactly (laughs) but if one person's crazy enough like i don't give a fuck i'll bust this gun right now and that's north korea so that's the concern but like all of their testing has gone back because they aren't like a competent country yeah so i don't think anybody takes them serious but sometimes those are the worst guys yeah you know i'm just um I feel like we have this conversation like every couple of years. Yeah, we just kind of check in. And it's and like, and, and I mean, I'm just like, okay, well. Me right now, I'm like, a, eh. like in the next 10 years, do I think that we could be in a conflict? I'm like, eh. possibly. Yeah. I hate to I'll say tell you I, like this. My yeah. job, my job is, is a, this is a weird test and gauge, but like we deal in a lot of like equipment, like cars and stuff. Foreign stuff. Foreign stuff. Yeah. And we have a, we've been doing a lot of green camouflage Humvees. Okay. And when they were brown, that's when we were in Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. So if we were switching the camouflage up, it's a lot of like jungles and forests and stuff in China. Yeah. So it makes me think of that possibly. But there's conflicts of allies. We're not China and Mervius. It's it's like allies because we um, do business, business with right? each other. But like tariffs, anything could set it off. Any, it's like it's like shaky like this. It's mm-hmm. like if we you know, step on each other's toes in the wrong kind of way. It's not a strong relationship. They need to get together. Yeah. Well, I agree. But, um, I also don't know anything about what the fuck I'm talking about. Me either. So, yeah. So you guys should listen to like, know, you know, only thing I know pod save the world. Or nuke something. Is. That's the only thing I know. Yeah. And I'm not even a hundred percent sure if it's nuclear or nuclear. I think I know, I know. which one it is. I'm not going to make a declarative statement right now on the podcast. I think I know which one it is, but I know that that trips some people up. And yeah. I would say I'm also a person that gets tripped up between the two words. So I'm not going to plant my flag in which one I think it is because hey, I don't want to be wrong. I just want to. I just want to buy a Lamborghini and ride around Lamborghini before this whole world goes. To oh shit. yeah, man. I mean, I listen. If I'm being honest, I'm not. I am tempted to like you know see what the post apocalypse looks like so I can do whatever the fuck I want. To. I don't. So. 
Because you can ride in as many Lamborghinis as you want to. No. That's not fun. <laughs> you just get attacked by marauders yeah, trying to just get shot you. at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's be fun for a little bit. You know, that's what I'm saying. I guess. <laughs> All right, let's get to some Patreon shoutouts before we take a quick break. That's right, folks. It's time for some Patreon shoutouts. Before we get into that, I owe Fran an apology, and I also owe all of you an apology. Yeah, here's man. A, yeah, here's the thing that happened, okay? We were supposed to do our virtual house party this Friday. I did not make a link to a virtual house party when I started announcing it. And when Friday came around, I go to sign in to nothing. So, I, you know, I hit Fran up, and I said, hey, man, listen, I, I don't want to make a link right now because nobody's been able to sign up for it. And if I post a link right now, I have to hope that people are on and see that the link is where it is and everything like that. And so I didn't want to do a virtual house party for three people. So instead, we're going to do our virtual house party the last weekend of, of March, which will be next. And we're doing it on a Thursday. So hopefully that means more people will be able to join us next Thursday, which will be March like the 29th or something like that. I'll, obviously, I'll put out a flyer and let people know. And there will be a link available so people can join us early. Um, and so that when we do go live, you get a notification. Um, I apologize once again. It's something, I don't know, just slipped my mind to make the actual thing. I just was promoting with a flyer with no link to anywhere. Rookie mistake. That's on me. Fran took time from an event he was supposed to go to, and that's on me. I apologize for that. Um, but, you know, you know pl- hey, player, hey, players fuck up. Players fuck up, too. You know, players fuck up, too. So, uh, anyway, let's get into these shout-outs. First things first, we're going to get a shout-out to Amanda G. Because real G's move in silence like what, Fran? Lasagna. Exactly, and then we're going to give another shout out to Sarah G. Another one because real G's move loudly sometimes, like in uh, uh, gigantic. Oh, it's a lot of G's in that. <laughs> no, that's a very G word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's silent and it's silent and hard. Yeah. No, sometimes you're both. The dichotomy of it all. Uh, uh, up next, we got a big shout out to Amy. No last name because she doesn't have anything to stand on. She, her name moves weight. She doesn't need a last name. Uh, up next, we got Nina V. Shout out to Nina V. Much love and appreciation. Oh, she's wearing a poo shiesty mask in her picture. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so she's thorough. I'm sure her real V's move in is silence. She a, is she a poo shiesty fan? Oh, that's a good question. I don't really know. Real hey, V's hey. move in silence like. Uh. That's impossible, yeah, guys. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> I don't ever. I don't even know where where the V is silent. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> that doesn't even exist. Uh, lastly, we got a big shout out to Heather B. Uh, and I'm not talking about put the guns down, Heather B. Sway in the morning, Heather, Heather B. We got our own Heather B. Uh, representing Affirmative Nation. Uh, much love and appreciation to you. Uh, and thank you to everybody who joined the Patreon. We got some cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Um, Fran, I got to talk to you off air about an idea that I had that I think people would enjoy. Okay. Um, but I don't want to get put out there. I want to put the IP out there because somebody could steal it. Mm, so, gotcha. But if, if, you are, if you like it off air when we talk about it, that might be something that would be easy to do. Okay. So we'll get into that off mic. But of course, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get to some fucked up shit. So stick around. Affirmative Murder is brought to you by My Life in a Book. With Mother's Day right around the corner, I just know you guys are thinking about a truly special gift for your mom. But let me tell you about a pretty priceless gift. MyLifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book that you could pass down from generation to generation, which I think is a pretty awesome memento to leave behind. Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. 
These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. Your mother or the mother can either type her response or record her voice. MyLifeInABook.com then compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It would be like preserving her voice and her stories for all of eternity. Your mom's giving you a lifetime of stories, and this is your chance to give her a way to share them. I'm in the middle of my mylifeinabook.com journey, and I'm really excited to see how it turns out. I've been asking some pretty thought-provoking and funny questions, and, you know, I'm excited to see the response, but I'm also just excited to have the physical book in my hands and know that I can look back on it in 20, 30 years. The interface is super user-friendly. The questions are super easy to set up. It's a breeze of a process. So what I need you to do is check out mylifeinabook.com. That's mylifeinabook.com. And use code AMP, that's A-M as in Mother's Day, P, at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for the mom in your life this Mother's Day. One more time, that's mylifeinabook.com. Use code AMP for 10% off today. All right, and we are back. Fran, this week I have a, a sensational, titillating, you know, tale of ribaldry, if you will. Um, you know, scandalous. Um, so, Fran, here we go. On New Year's Eve of 2018, U.S. Army Sergeant Tyrone Hassel and his wife, Kamaya, who was also an active duty soldier, were on leave for the holidays with their two-year-old son. They were bringing in the new year by staying at Tyrone Hassel's father's house, Tyrone Hassel II, in uh, St. Joseph Township, Michigan. At around 11 p.m., gunshots rang out outside of the elder Hassel's home, who they were staying with, mm-hmm. at Tyrone Hassel II. Tyrone III was hit multiple times. Police dispatch received a distress call from Kamaya Hassel, but despite fighting hard after emergency response arrived, Tyrone died on the operating table at the hospital that night, Mm. an hour before New Year's, like the ball dropped and everything. Yeah. Over the next 24 hours, as things settled down a bit and detectives began gathering information to solve this tragic murder, they were stumped as to how a decorated army sergeant, a family man with no enemies, could end up brutally gunned down outside his father's home with his wife and child inside. So Tyrone Hassel joined the military after a short stint in college after realizing that that path wasn't for him. He did about a year in college and was like, I'm, this isn't for me, mm-hmm. which we can relate to. Other than basketball class, <laughs> right. which why is that a thing? Other than basketball class, I'm not really sure this thing is for me. I think it was I'm going to get out of here. You know what I mean? You it know. was a whole setup. Oh, man. The first day of school when I went into my math class and the guy was like, listen, if you think you got a handle on this, you can just come on test day. <laughs> I guess I'll see you uh, in two weeks or something like that. And then I would never go and test it. Yeah. Flunked it with extreme prejudice. It was crazy. I flunked <laughs> that class. So I think I only went like twice, more, more, two more times, something like that. But I did take a speech class and I had, I learned a lot from that speech class. Okay. So I learned something. Yeah. I learned that I enjoyed speaking in front of people mm-hmm. and I, I learned that I enjoyed the craft of like writing and getting to spots where I felt like this was going to happen mm-hmm. and then seeing it happen. Like writing it and being like, people are going to laugh here. Yeah. And then you go in, in front of people and you get to boom and then people laugh there. Mm. It felt good. Mm. I, I, so I, that is scratched the edge for the first time was then. And then shortly after that, I did stand up for the first time. Yeah. So I took something from college. So like I said, uh, he enlisted in the military and excelled quickly, reaching the rank of sergeant while he was still a teen. Mm. So hardworking dude, likable guy, intelligent, but just didn't fit the mold of college, which yeah. everybody doesn't. It's not for everybody. Right. 
His career change also allowed him to meet his future wife, who was then fellow soldier Kamaya Martin. The two hit it off, and Tyrone's family recalls him uh, calling home to tell them about how happy he was that he met this girl named Kamaya and how excited he was to start a future with her one day. And that day came really quickly because Tyrone and Kamaya got married shortly after they met, and the Hassel family embraced her and took her in as one of their own seamlessly. And in 2017, the couple brought in a new addition to the family when Kamaya gave birth to their son. The Hassel family, as well as Kamaya, appeared to be in disbelief that such a tragedy could have fallen upon their beloved Tyrone just an hour before the ball dropped. Mm. Detectives spoke to Kamaya to try to put together the night's events as best as she could. According to her, the young family was staying with Tyrone's dad for the holidays. Tyrone and his family went to another family's house. So Tyrone III was staying with his father Mm -hmm. because they live in uh, Georgia, which I'll get to. But... They're in Michigan for the holidays. The family that was in his father's house decided to go to another family's house who was having a New Year's Eve type of party. Yeah. Right? So they asked Kamaya if she wanted to join. Kamaya said, no, I'm going to stay behind with the, with the kid. You know, assuming, you know, just kind of presumably because she didn't want to be up all night drinking and partying. Yeah. You know, New Year's Eve typically comes with drinking and partying. You know, at least staying up late. Yeah. You got a two-year-old. I don't know what that's like, but you know. Yeah. You know, I mean, not be feeling you don't up wanna hang, You don't want to hang over. That's no, yeah, yeah. And she's got a pump. I don't know. It's two. Pump? I don't know. He's two. Oh. Two years old? Yeah. Oh. I don't know. Two years. Does your two year old still be um, sucking pump. from the teeth? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Okay. Well, she might. She might. Yeah, might have pump and dump. Got some champagne in it. Pump and dump. You can't be. Yeah, you, you can't, can't be, drink. You can't drink. Exactly. You yeah, can't, you can't drink. be pouring champagne milk in the baby. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so she decided to stay behind. And while out, Tyrone called Kamaya to see if she and the baby were hungry. So, you know, he's still doing his husbandly duty, duties. Mm. He's out having a good time, but he calls to check on them and he goes, you know, I can bring you, you know, I can bring you, you know, he picks, fix some plates, yeah. put some aluminum foil on him, run him over to, to the house to wifey, feed the baby and everything like that. And then, you know, see what happens. So he asked if uh, they were hungry and he offered to bring her back some food from the party, which she accepted. He arrived with the food and offered to stay, to stay in with them for the night. Mm. So he was like, I'm here. You know, I can stay with you guys. She's like, no, no, no. Go back to the party. Go back with your family. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Go back home. I mean, go back out to your um, cousin's house or whoever. Uh, he did. He headed out of the house. Tyrone kissed his wife and headed out of the door to return to his, his family affair. That's when Kamaya says she heard multiple gunshots shortly after his exit and says she ran out to find her husband on the ground shot. Mm. Tyrone Hassel II speculated that somebody maybe tried to rob his son for his truck because the couple lived in Georgia and there was just no foreseeable scenario where Tyrone could have had an enemy anywhere in the world, let alone in a city that he doesn't live in. Yeah. You know, he was just in town visiting for the night. This guy's in the military. You know, he doesn't have a street beat. So he wasn't going out. He was going out there by himself. From the house? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he came back by himself and then was headed back to the family event by himself. Okay. And his father speculated that somebody probably tried to steal his truck maybe or maybe tried to steal his truck because who he doesn't even live here when he left out the house when he left out of the house from after dropping the food off to his wife and his baby gotcha because he who who would want to shoot him he doesn't live here so it must have been a robbery so detectives ruled out a robbery motive because tyrone was still wearing a very nice watch and had a pocket full of money on his person after emergency responses arrived Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, detect- the detectives did their due diligence and started canvassing the neighborhood, and it paid off in the form of a neighbor who said they saw a man park his car in a driveway of an unoccupied home and then walk in the direction towards the Hassel home the night of the murder and also several times 
it within the week, like at different times, hmm. which led detectives to believe that whoever killed him was uh, scoping him out or stalking him yeah. um, and g- gathering information to find the right time to strike. Tyrone was shot multiple times at close range, so detectives also ruled out the possibility of mistaken identity because he was shot at such a close range that whoever shot him would have seen his face and not, you know, would have known who they were shooting. Yeah. So do you think it's personal? Yes. So the signs kept pointing towards a personal personal motive, like Fran just said, and something wasn't adding up because everybody's saying, this guy doesn't have any enemies. He's the nicest guy in the world. He works hard. He's in the military. Like, he doesn't have any enemies. A week later, detectives received an anonymous call from someone claiming to be on a military base in Georgia. The call revealed that Kamaya was allegedly having an extramarital affair with another soldier in their unit. The Army conducted an internal investigation which revealed that Kamaya was in fact having an affair with a 24-year-old soldier, Jeremy Quayar, and the affair was well known within the unit. He didn't know? And Tyrone didn't know. But his other fellow soldiers did know and were, you know, laughing behind his back, presumably. Yeah. The Army investigators relayed this information back to detectives in Michigan, along with the fact that Jeremy was on leave at the same time as Kamaya and Tyrone and that he was heading to visit his mother in Chicago, which is just an hour and a half drive from St. Joseph Township. Just like that, a week after the murder in one phone call, detectives had a suspect motive and opportunity in the form of Jeremy Cuellar. One final cherry that the Army investigators threw in was a description of Jeremy Cuellar's vehicle, which matched the description of the vehicle spotted by the neighbor on the night of Tyrone's murder. According to another soldier close to Jeremy, he confessed to killing Tyrone and also admitted that Kamaya assisted him in planning the murder by feeding Jeremy information on Tyrone's whereabouts through Snapchat. Wow. Because they believe that after the pictures disappear, they just are gone. Yeah, like, but it's like, how would he know that he was going to leave the leave house after the food? Yeah, it all it goes back into everything, which I'll get into because you know, did she stay in the house on purpose? Yeah, you know, so he would be out by himself, so she have an alibi. Yeah, you know, did she tell him to go back to the party on purpose when he said he's going to stay in the house? You know, it makes you question everything. So detectives were floored by this revelation because Kamaya and the um, you can find this uh, the footage like the body cam footage of you know, the night that they arrived at the scene. And she's crying yeah. and emotional. She tries to climb into the ambulance after they put Tyrone's body in the, the, the ambulance. Oh, she put on a full whole she put on a, She put on the whole show as the grieving widow. Also, how would you, how would he know that the house that he was parking at was abandoned or like a vacant house? Well, he wouldn't know that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. How well, would he know? He wouldn't have known. Exactly. She would have to tell him, like, oh, yeah, like you can park there. Nobody's going to be, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. So like I said, you know, they, they, they were just in shock because she had, she had put on the show. Yeah. Um, they couldn't believe that a love affair could be the only motive. And they were right. Further investigation revealed that Tyrone had a half a million dollar life insurance policy. And we can all guess who the beneficiary was of that life insurance policy. It's like $500,000 is just not, it's not that much money. It's not even, that's not even the, it's like, no, no it's, you yeah, really go, think you, you, you are about get away to cash out on this. <laughs> That's the nothing's, crazy part. Nothing's weird that you you get a new boyfriend immediately. You you buy you sell your house, move to another state. Like, yeah, like it really is crazy. They think kill him. They send us a check for five hundred thousand dollars, and, and then it. we just live happily ever after. Like what? <laughs> they gonna kill? You gonna kill your husband? You gonna make? You gonna be up five hundred thousand? Five hundred thousand dollars, and then think you just 
life just for life. Just life is just move life on without on. a hitch. Nice. Move my new boyfriend in. Everything's gonna be great. Wow. So Kamaya was brought in for questioning by Tyrone Hassel II. I don't mean he wasn't he was an officer, but she was still staying with him after her husband was killed because they were in town for the holidays. So she's still staying with her father in law. They called to speak to they called to ask her to come down for questioning, and Tyrone Hassel II brings his daughter in law down to the police station yeah. for questioning. And stays. Because he's her ride. Yeah. But he's not in the room, obviously. But he's he there. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. In the, in the midst of this conversation, after telling Kamaya that they knew about the Snapchat messages, she immediately broke down and confessed to her version of events with her father-in-law out in the hallway. Wow. So he finds out that night yeah. that his daughter-in-law kill, is responsible for killing his son. So according to Kamaya, she and Jeremy vaguely discussed plans to murder her husband in Korea, but she didn't actually take the talks seriously. She also says she felt that if she would have called off the hit, then Jeremy would have been upset with her. And she didn't want that. So she went along with the plan, feeding him information to set up her husband and father of her child. Uh, Kamaya Hassel told police that Cuellar went to Michigan four times between December 19th and December 31st of 2018. And the two attempted to plan the murder each time that he came down. Cuellar, in his own words, choked, saying that it took him at least six times. This is the crazy part. I watched, I watched about 20 minutes of this, but you can hear the quote of him saying this in a video interview that he did with Tyrone Hassel II. It's available on YouTube. It's 53 minutes long. It's a, a jail phone call. Tyrone Hassel II went and visited Jeremy Cuellar after he was sentenced, which I'll get into what he was sentenced for, but behind glass on the phone, you know, movie style, what yeah. we see. And he, he kind of just asked, you know, he, you know, why'd you kill my son? And Jeremy Cuellar told his side of the story, which is, it's hard to, it's hard to watch that. Like somebody tell a father why they killed his son. And then for that person to be reflective and understand like, bro, I killed your son for nothing. Like I was having sex with a girl. I got caught up in it. We started talking crazy. She told me that if he died, she was the beneficiary. She started talking about what if we killed him? I was with it because I was like feeling her. And I it's mean, all just dumb. Like it's all like he's de- like, think about it. Like, he's dead. Tyrone Hassel III is dead. And you're yeah. telling his father like, I just was really feeling her and the sex was good and, and money sounded nice. And so I killed your son. And it was dumb. Because you love somebody that much. But it's not love though. It's lust. You know what I mean? Like it. Could I be, be both? Could I be? Yeah, yes, it could be. No, that it wouldn't be that scenario. It would have to be the love and the lust and all that passion, fire, and everything. And it's like my husband beats me, and I think he's gonna kill me. And if you don't help me, I'm gonna die. And even then, I don't think. No. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it couldn't be like you know what? You should date. We should date, and I'll kill him, and we'll get money. That wouldn't work on me. It would have to be, you'd have to, the best shot you got at that for me of being the, the um, black widow woman who is, you know, the mastermind, wild things, whatever, you'd have to appeal to my empathy and tell me that you like are in fear for your life. But the idea that, you know, we just gonna get this scam on and we gonna get a half a million dollars and we gonna run off and be living in Puerto Vallarta. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, they have an Outback Steakhouse and authentic Mexican tacos. It's the best of both worlds. All right, sure. But, I mean, like, robbing a bank, 
Uh-huh. Something like that. I go, all right, I'll entertain it. <laughs> but Robin, but killing somebody. Yeah. <laughs> going like, we can get this. Like, no, I'm, no. I, I'm so out. to answer your question, I don't think I could love somebody that much. No. Like, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, I'm out on this. Like, this has been fun. It ain't, it ain't that good. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into that. I don't know. It's been come across some ones in my life. Um, that you were merciful. <laughs> no, anyway. Uh, so, yeah. So, but no, but the the YouTube video is very compelling. Uh, it's 53 minutes long between Tyrone Hassel and Jeremy yeah. Cuellar. And it's just wild to watch a dude come to term. Like, him, first of all, for him to be faced with, you know, yeah, it's me. It's, I'm Tyrone Hassel the second. Him to be like, wow. Um, well, let me just go ahead and tell you I'm sorry. And he's like, that's dumb. Like, him just... Understanding there's nothing he could say to him. Oh, yeah. But uh, but then going, so I, it's nothing I can say to you, so I'm just going to tell you everything. Yeah. And his versions of, the, of events were pretty similar to what Kamaya, um, Kamaya Hassel said, except she's the, she's the mastermind. Yeah. So in his but version of events. he still pulled the trigger, though. He still pulled the trigger. He's still the trigger, man, obviously. But in his version of events, they were in Korea. She was talking about how... Um, Tyrone never takes care of the baby. Like, she always has to do everything. And he was like, I mean... I can do, you know, if I, you know, douche. <laughs> if it was, if you were with me, the baby would never have to worry about anything. And so she's like, oh my God, well then you should, we should kill my husband and then we get a half a million dollars and then you can raise my son with me. And he was like, huh, you know it, girl. But even telling this guy's dad that he's like, bro, I don't know, bro, I was just saying shit. And then shit got out of hand. And yeah. the next thing you know, I'm following through on it. It's dumb yeah, and I'm dumb and I'm in here yeah, for the rest of my life. Life. That's how he sounded on the thing. Like, I don't even, like, I don't even have a, the reason I'm telling you is the reason. I don't even have another better reason other than she, she was putting it on me and, crazy. Something and, crazy. And, and she said the half a million dollars, she said she would give me some of it. That was her. So uh, whether or not Kamaya stayed home that night on purpose and pretended to be hungry so Tyrone would come alone and bring them food, I can't say for sure. But. Really, all of that is irrelevant because she told Jeremy that he was doing it. So even if she didn't intentionally open the window of opportunity, she pointed out the draft to the killer. So she said, hey, look, she might not have, even if she didn't set up the opportunity by telling Tyrone to come home, she told Jeremy, now. He's leaving the house now. Get him now. And that's the same thing. She's as culpable if she set it up for him to be out there at that time of night on purpose. Whether she did it on purpose or not, she, she pointed out that he was vulnerable in that moment. So that was her role that she played. The murderous couple was arrested 11 days after killing Tyrone Hassel. Cuellar, who was the trigger man, ultimately pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and is serving 65 to 90 years in prison. His version of events can be heard in a compelling and heartbreaking video interview with Tyrone Hassel II, which I discussed, which is available on YouTube. Kamaya Hassel was convicted of premeditated murder and conspiracy to commit murder in the death of her husband, Tyrone Hassel III. Uh, she's appealed her conviction, but I believe she, um, it, it went through, like it, it, it was denied. Oh. So she will, her sentence is upheld and she will continue to serve out, I assume, at least the next 20 years of her life. I, I, I couldn't find like specific numbers um, for aiding in the murder of her husband, Tyrone Hassel III. Good. And that was just a quick little scandalous, scandalous story. Um, Fran asked a good question about, you know, could I feel that way about somebody or money? It's both, honestly. Like, could I feel that way about somebody or money enough to kill? What money? 
You never got the money. Yeah, it's true. There's no money. The money always seems to come after you do all the terrible shit, and then it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, no, no, once we do all this, and once we're in the clear, we're good. That's why I always come back to Jada Pinkett Smith and set it off. She's the only person that ever pulled it off successfully. You know, you do all this dumb shit, you're supposed to get the money in the end. Everybody died, and she just happened to be the one person that didn't die, and she got the money. Yeah. If everybody has to die for you to get the money, some you're playing Russian roulette because you could be one of the people that died. Yeah. She could have been the one sure. in the car if, if the timing was a little bit different. And what's the fun in that? Exactly. It's like somebody else gets the money and I, I die. I mean, like, you just by yourself now? Oh, on yeah, yeah. Run. All your homies are dead. And on the run. You got to fucking look oh, at your shoulder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, in that part, too. <laughs> yeah, so that's crazy, you know? So if they, had, if they had killed Tyrone Hassel and had to flee with a son on the run... $500,000 that is freezable because it would be in a bank account. You can't get the life insurance money in yeah, cash. And there's like terms. And yeah, like, like, yeah, we got to do an investigation before we just yeah, give you the money. Like, like, what is it? What are you? Uh, come on. Like, man. you're not going to get. Also, I feel like the number one rule of the life insurance money is we're not paying you the money until we find out who killed your husband. Yeah. Like, that's got to be. That's got to be the number one rule on the list of like uh, life insurance policy hands. Like if your spouse or whoever was murdered, yeah, you can't get the money until the murder's solved. It's not like, but it's not like, it's not a trust. It's not like, oh, once this person dies, it's like, 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 it's like yeah. oh, you can activate this car. Yeah, and that, like, <laughs> no, they have to do an investigation. It's an insurance policy. Yes. Yeah, like I mean, come on, man. You never had like some damage come to your house? They got to send out an adjuster. He's got to do a oh fucking inspection. God, I would assume there's some of the same type of, obviously I've never cashed out a life insurance policy, but I would assume it's some of the same types of, you got to talk to some people on the, on the phone. Somebody's got to come out and interview you. There's some steps. Yes. It's not it's just like, process. it's not Yu-Gi-Oh where it's like, they die and it's like, bing, $500,000 in your bank account as soon as their uh, heart starts, stops beating. They come up with like a, like a published clearinghouse. Uh, yeah, check. like you, <laughs> congratulations, <laughs> your husband died. You are rich. It's all big. You're smiling, balloons. Right. Yeah, no, it's not like that. So I, I don't know. This, this, the idea that you can not only be expecting $500,000, but then also be trading on that money with other people. Like, you kill them. if you kill them, yeah. I'll give you $100,000. They're like, of what money? Well, see, once you kill them, then they give me the $500,000. Then I give you $100,000 without raising any alarms by transferring $100,000 over to your bank account. But you know what's so idiotic about this? Like, I know you're not the first person that thought of this <laughs> since the invention of life. Think about the first people like in 1875 <laughs> where they're like, this. wait a minute. So if my husband dies, yeah. I get money. Yeah. Fucking fucking start putting uh, ammonium in his fucking oatmeal yeah. every day. Until like the first like five people that tried to get away with it. Then, people, and then, and they, then they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. A second. All these guys keep dying from lead poisoning. And they're fucking, it's the eighth guy this month has died from yeah. uranium poisoning. Yeah. Or well, the crazy. same lady just keep doing it. Yes, Her husbands keep, keep married. It's like it's goddamn Ethel again. She keeps finding this loophole. Loophole. This uh, <laughs> husband loophole. It's her eighth husband this year. Yeah, yeah. No. So that that has been. That's the first. You are the first suspect if your husband, whoever the beneficiary is, yeah, is the first suspect. Yeah. If the life insurance person is killed, yeah, they have to rule you out first. So I don't know what type of world she was operating in where she's like, they will, I'll be, they'll be none the wiser. Once I tell them that I didn't go to the New Year's Eve party, they'll be like, oh, then you're not a suspect. Ruled out. Well, she's crying. And like, yeah, well, yeah she's crying, trying to get in the elevator. Oh, you got to see. You should have seen her trying to get in the ambulance. Oh, Tyrone. She was, she was in hysterics. 
And she's like, Dry she's like, we were just in the house. Me and my son were in the house eating some pasta salad and some party wings that he brought us back from the party so generously because he's a good husband. And then I just heard several shots. I don't even know what happened. How could you hear those gunshots and sit there? You know what's going on. You know what's happening. And, and just then call and then call that. the police. No, here's the thing. And then call the police and go. I don't know what happened. Gunshots. I think my husband shot. Oh my god! It's that's crazy, a, that's bro. An evil individual. It's evil. It really is evil to be able to act that way and pretend like you don't know what's going on and shit. It's just it was really sick. But um, rest in peace to Tyrone Hassel. Prayers to his family. I'm sorry. How old was she? I think they were like in their early early thirties. This was this was 2018 when this happened. So and it this wasn't was that long a, ago. this was a young naive. He was 24. 24 years. So they were all around the same age, but I think he was a little bit younger than her. So they might have been like 27 or something like that. You know? oh, okay. All yeah, right. they were all young though. But yeah, so Jeremy um, Cuellar was 24 years old at the time. Man. Now he's still under 30. Well, he might have spent this. He was 24. No, yeah, he's 24 years old. It hasn't been six years. He is not even 30 years old, and he will be spending the next 60 years in prison because he was dumb. Let's just leave it. Let's just call it what it is, you know. He was dumb, and I hope it was the best. The best. Because that is the last (laughs) Yeah, I hope it was maybe. the best New Year's of his life. We'll leave it at that, right? The, we, I hope he had a great night, and I hope it was the best. Because he threw his life, threw his life away for away. one New Year's. <laughs> one New Year's. So many more New Year's as he could have had in his life. You know, so All kind of New Year's all across the world, different different nations and nationalities of, of New Year's. And the potential of $500,000. Yeah, like the hope, the dream. Because here's what he said. I'm going to do this, that. They did, he did that on the phone when he was talking to Tyrone Hassel the second. He was like, so we're, he had a really deep voice too. Sounded like Dylan Brooks. He's like, so we're in Korea. And she's like, he's married too. Also, I forgot that part. Oh, shit. So he was married, but he was like, I'm not happy in my marriage. You're not happy in your marriage. And so the conversation, how it got started, they were already fooling around, but having sex with each other. But he was like, oh, I just got my paperwork back. My wife, oh, no. I got my life insurance policy of how much it is. She was like, oh, is your wife your beneficiary? She's like, no, mom. He was like, no, my mom is. And then she was like, oh, well, my husband is my beneficiary. And then she started it off like, man, oh, you could do mom. a lot with $500,000. No, nobody. No. <laughs> don't, I don't think anybody. Dis- don't ever disrespect mom Dukes. You know what I'm saying? Just, no. Like, Kill my mom. This is over. Yeah. <laughs> We're never having sex again. But she was like. You could do so much with five hundred thousand dollars. What would you do? He's like, he's. It was. It made me laugh, but it was. But he goes, I go. I don't know. Buy a bike. <laughs> what is that? He's just you know? dumb. He's just a dumb guy. He's just a dumb guy having some sex and got convinced to do some dumb shit. She was like, I'd pay off my house and then move. And da-da-da. he's like, I don't know. Buy a bike. A bike. <laughs> a half a million dollars. Fucking a bike. Half. You know, buy a bike. Probably put the rest in the savings account. Lame. <laughs> This right. is a dream. We're talking about a dream. Right. <laughs> <No> imagination. <laughs> Grow up. Probably get a bike, put the rest in the Roth IRA, let it go. <laughs> what type of dreams is this? Boring ass dream. I don't want a dream with you. You're in North, you're in North right. Korea. You're a soldier. You got, you're in the army. You got hard. Buy a bike, put it in the CD. <laughs> <laughs> collect some. Uh, yeah, collect some residual <laughs> interest on that. You know what I'm saying? What kind of dream is this? <laughs> Buy a bike, probably do some. Uh, Passive investments with some stocks. You're like, all right, man. Yeah, fun. Yeah, great. Yeah, right, great daydream. <laughs> buy a bike. Buy a real sensible. But maybe a trike. I don't want to get too crazy. I don't want to get. I don't want to get hurt. Right. <laughs> maybe buy one of those uh, slingshots. You know, I don't. Maybe not a bike at all. Maybe something more of like a small car. <laughs> 
Buy like one of those uh, motorized scooters. Yeah, like, buy a scooter, buy a nice little helmet. Maybe buy a Segway and <laughs> a, a helmet, and then you know probably put the rest in like a low, a slow uh, interest building account. Yeah, or just buy some rollerblades. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Just keep it real safe. Probably buy a Razor scooter. <laughs> Put the rest in the interest bearing uh, account. Real <laughs> low interest stuff going on, you know. Yeah, great man. Yeah, real, 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 real. It's been great daydreaming with you. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, but no. Once again, rest in peace to Tyrone Hassel, man. Prayers to him. And yeah, it's really fucked up. It's tragic. This guy did everything right. Went to the military. Wanted to take care of his family. Mm. You know, and um, man, got plotted on by his own wife. That's crazy. And a fellow brother in arms, like they were in the same unit. You know, yeah. So wow. you gotta watch your back out there. Wow. Um, anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some fucked up shit from France. So stick around. All right. Welcome back. Um, doing a um, some little bit of uh, African-American history. Okay. My story. Always week. enjoy African-American yes. history. Um, so this is because Black the- History Month is every month. It's every month, man. Um, not only because it's, it's important, but it's like. Trying to get people not to forget. Oh, for sure. They're trying to erase oh, yeah, history yeah. like right in front of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is my, my friend of murder this week is about the Knoxville riot of 1919. Now, this is kind of um, this is in the the uh, what is it? The um, red uh, red. What is it? The red summer. Is that what it was? The red oh, summer? yeah. Very um, violent uh, summer in American history. Yeah. Was, red it was summer like it was, there was riots all across the all country. across. Right. Yeah. But this one was in Knoxville, D.C., yeah, yeah. Knoxville Tennessee. But this place in Knoxville, they kind of, these people that live there, the citizens that live there was like, you know, this place is not like everywhere else in the South mm-hmm. because black and whites get along here. That's what, mm. that's, that's what the idea, that's what they Until thought. shit hits the fan. Until shit happens. Mm-hmm. And then it was like. All that shit switches this, up. Is that, that or was just like, whatever you reading is or not we really get true. We get along because we, we know what it is. Like, they know their place. Like, that's yeah. probably how the white people in Knoxville felt where it's like. We get along great because they know that they're below us and yeah. everybody, nobody oh, yeah. causes any problems. Absolutely. And then as soon as one little event happens that yeah. shakes up that foundation, it's like, oh, we need to show you. Yeah. So my story is about the Knoxville riot of 1919. Um, so here we go. So in the decades following the Civil War, Knoxville was considered by both black and white residents to be one of the few racially tolerant cities in the South. It was one of the few where black citizens could vote. Mm. hold public office and serve as police officers. I mean, that does sound pretty progressive for the time for sure. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I said earlier about like, they probably just know that they are inferior, but that, I mean, that's pretty progressive. Yeah, man. Uh, so in 1918, Charles W. Kanzler, uh, one of the city's leading African-American citizens wrote the governor of Tennessee. He said, in no place in the world can there be found better relations existing between races than here in our own country of Knox. Mm. No race riots have ever tarnished our city and no mob has ever vented its fury here upon any Negro victim. Mm. Like I said, foreshadowing it's, it's progressive right and it's like, yeah, <laughs> and it's like, you know, we haven't had. Mm. That's never happened. Will never happen. This place is like a bastion for progress and it's the best place in the world. And no Negro has ever been harmed by a race Vi- racial violence ever yeah, and will never happen. Yeah. So and then during, Frank continue. Yeah. <laughs> so during the <laughs> recession that followed the followed World War One, mm-hmm. migrants poured into Knox, mm. overcrowding the city slums. Migrants, as in black people, or 
You know, that's what I was. Yeah, like what is what is a migrant? I mean, like what else? Yeah, especially if you if you're promoting Knoxville as being this place where oh, it's black like, people are gonna show up. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I can vote. More more jobs. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm in there. Mm-hmm. This increased competition for for an already diminished number of jobs mm-hmm. and a heightened tension between black residents and working class whites. Mm-hmm. Again, so is black migrants. <laughs> Again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all good when the money's flowing. If, if if everything, if white if white people got their jobs, uh-huh. it's like black some black people don't work. It's like okay, that's yeah, that's fine. Good luck to you, sir. But here's when a dollar. More black people come in. It's like oh, white people have less jobs. Now there's an issue, mm-hmm. right? Both the KKK and the NAACP set up chapters in Knoxville in 1918. Oh, because it was so split. So also in the summer of 1919. A prowler known as Pants, described by victims as a light-skinned Negro. Mm-hmm. Prowler. Um, by the way, sidebar, beautiful car. I don't know why it popped in my head. You know what a prowler is, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, um, Sorry. Just had to mm-hmm, yes. But a prowler known as Pants, described as a uh, light-skinned Negro who had been burglarizing homes and attacking white women. Mm, every time. Though he had attracted little attention from Knoxville police. So there's this light-skinned Negro... Attacking white women. Attacking, now, this is the narrative every fucking time. Now, so, but I feel like when I hear, especially this right now, mm-hmm. light-skinned Negro, I, I always feel like this is like a new, like this new, unique creature for some reason. A light-skinned, a light-skinned Negro. <laughs> a light-skinned person. Like, it's like he's a Negro, but with white man's yes. skin. Like, you know, the way the way they talked about him was like he was uh, the Chupacabra or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he had the skin of a white man. But the hair of a negress. Yeah, I <laughs> think right. Uh, whenever I just I go like, oh, light skin is this is a new thing. Light skinned. They say it, they even say it funny. Like it's a new thing. Yeah. At this time, he had fa- he was a fair skinned negro. Yeah, but it's just like, so why can't? He, but why? Why do he have? Why does a light skinned person have to be labeled as a negro? Why can't they be lab- labeled as like if you're not full on? Why, if you're not why, white. Yeah. Why, like how do you not how do you know he wasn't white? Yeah. Yeah. So around 2:30 a.m. on August 30th, 1919, an intruder broke into the home of Miss Bertie Lindsay on 8th Street, where she had been staying with her cousin, Or Smith. The intruder shot and killed Lindsay, but Smith managed to escape to the home of a neighbor who called the police. Two patrolmen, Jim Smith and Andy White, arrived on the scene. Smith described the intruder as a light-skinned Negro. Mm-hmm. Patrolman White suggested they question Maurice Mays, a prominent mulatto, which is sure. that same <laughs> thing, yeah. mulatto mm-hmm. who operated the Strollers Cafe on East Jackson and a well-known political figure in Knoxville. Mm. Trying to get him shooken up. Yep. While raised by foster parents, Mays is believed to have been the illegitimate son of Knoxville's mayor. Mm. So he's entitled to Illegitimate. Is that the same as a bastard? Yes. That term is not used a lot. I feel Illegitimate like a, or bastard? Bastard. I feel like that was... I feel like that well, term it's, was it's, used it's, it's, more at some it's, point. It's harsher. Bastard. Illegitimate son is the nicer way to say it for sure. If you are if you are a son that's not being claimed by somebody. That's what illegitimate... I thought it means... Yeah. I thought it means like if parents are not married or something. No, but it's the same. It's like it's the same connotation. Like bastard. That like yeah. Like uh, my mom and my dad were dating and they had me, but I, yeah. they weren't married, so right. I'm technically a bastard. Right. But like a bastard is more so like uh, you're not being claimed by the father. 
Oh, that's what a bastard is? That's why it's interchangeable with illegitimate oh. son. Because an illegitimate son is okay. like, I had an affair with a woman. Okay. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger is believed, I think it's, I think it's fact at this point, he, he had sex with his maid. Right. And they have a son that's like a Mexican version of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. But I don't think he like publicly takes pictures with that kid. But everybody knows that that's his son. Okay, I was wondering what the insult was. I'm like, what is the insult? You're illegitimate. Like you don't you don't have any. So if it was the well, I get 1700s, it now. Like if it's like you, if the father doesn't claim you, yeah, I get that's an insult. But I mean, like at first I go like, well, if if I didn't know that that's what that term meant. I thought yeah. it meant like the parent, your parents. The, the reason that's an insult and the reason why it's important, at least in historical context, I don't think it matters now. Well, it does matter in this context yeah, because, yeah. like, if you don't have my name and I don't claim you and there's no proof of that, like, we're not going to take a DNA test, then if I die, you have no claim to any of my money. If I was yeah, a king, yeah. you have you. no claim to my land or my throne or any of the things that I, you know, are due to you as one of my progenies. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're illegitimate, you don't have any claim to any of that stuff that your father has. Hmm. So if he's the son of the mayor, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if the mayor is a descendant of something, has land, whatever, it's like, yeah, I had sex with a, some maid or something like that, but yeah. you don't, you're not you my son. You're not my, you're not my son. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So the Knoxville mayor is John E. McMillan, who had actually been canvassing for McMillan on the day of the murder. So they were saying that Maurice was actually looking for his father. Trying to get close to him, trying to get close working to him. on his campaign yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Sad. Um, that's sad if that's true. Yeah. So Mays had a reputation for associating with both black and white women, making him unpopular with many of the city's white residents. You can't, you can't have. Can't be double dipping. You can't be. <laughs> yeah, you can't. <laughs> we ain't, we're not allowing that. You can't be doing that. Yeah, we're not. Not in 1918, that. especially. No. It's 2023. You can do what you love who you want now, but yeah. you can't, you can't be playing both sides of the fence no, like that. No. It's a dangerous game. You brother. will get hung. That's a dangerous game, brother. Yeah. The white, white man definitely didn't like that. No. That's the only part that matters. Like, like, I mean, anybody oh, yeah. else is just like, mm-hmm. Like a b- b- older black man, yeah, black man. women. Like, nobody else wants to, is going to harm you. No. No. So Patrolman Smith later testified that Officer White specifically singled out Mays because of her personal grudge. Mm-hmm. At around 3.30 a.m., Knoxville police arrived at Mays' home on Hum Street. The only evidence they found was a thirty-eight revolver which the officers decided must have been fired recently. I don't know how they would be able to tell that. Because you fucked my wife. Yeah, but they later testified, but Smith later testified and said the gun was cold and it was unlikely to have been fired recently. Mm-hmm. They arrested Mays and took him to the, took him back to 8th Street where the distraught or Smith identified him as the intruder. Now, I don't know how many light-skinned men are running around. Mulattoes. Mulattoes, but they got him and mm-hmm. was like, all right, well. That's him. Never seen anything like that before. Nope. That's yeah. him. Sensing trouble, Knoxville police transferred Mays from the small city jail on Market Square to the larger Knox County Jail on the Hill Avenue. Because of a mob. <laughs> every fucking time. Now, we've, it's the I've same fucking reasons, story. And it's the time, same bro. shit every time where it's like, a mob just gets forms around out of nowhere. And they want him. We want him now. Yeah. We don't want. You know what Court, we, we, we don't know want, what we want to do. No, nah, we want him now. You know what we want to do. Give him up. And we're going to do it to everybody in this whole area. Give him up. <laughs> Give him up. Knox County's Sheriff W.T. Kate then had Mays transferred to Chattanooga. By noon, the news of the murder had spread, and a crowd of curious onlookers had gathered curious. at the county jail 
Thinking Maze was being held there. Curious as to which one of us is going to make uh, the <laughs> noose rope and yeah. start the fire, you know? Yeah. Uh, hey, man, they got, they all got their... Uh, Curious. They got, their, they got the noose the new shoes on. They like, oh, oh yeah. we was ready to go. The noose balances? We, yeah, the noose balances. We ready to get it, ready to get it going. Where is he? No, it's crazy that like every time we do this story... They oh, break the glass on the news yeah. on the news balances, get their pitchforks and their up. guns. They're like, "Oh, we doing that?" It's like everybody seems to just be prepared to just gather. It's like to a, break to like put ropes around the bars of a building and yank the wall down of a jail with a truck, and then go in and drag a person out into the street. It's crazy. It's like when you. It's like if anybody has a emergency kit in their car. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. When that alarm goes, it's like when it's yeah. like when something happens, like oh, new shoes, new white shoes. picket sign that says "nigger" on it, uh, <laughs> like fucking ripped overalls, like shit. Just is like they just come ready already, like ready they just get go. there immediately. It's like a starter pack. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> hundred people just show up, mad racist immediately. It's like why y'all all have the same outfit on? We just told people that this happened t- t- twenty minutes ago. How's there already right. a crowd? Yeah. So a larger, angrier crowd had gathered on Market Square by late afternoon. The crowd. At Market Square had grown to about 5,000 people. That's insane. At 5 p.m., the crowd at the jail became hostile, demanding Mays be brought out. Mm -hmm. Deputy Sheriff Carol Kate, who was the sheriff's nephew, who I mentioned his name earlier, his name is uh, W.T. Kate. Mm -hmm. Uh, A jailer, Errol Hall, assured them Mays was not there. So it's like, they got to be friendly. Yeah. Hey, guys. He's not here. 5,000 people? Man, angry too. I'm going home. (laughs) And I'm racist too? Yeah. Bro. But it's not even that though. It's not even that though. If they go like, oh, so you're protecting. That's what I'm saying. You gotta go too. Yes, that's what I'm saying. No, I'm out. I'm off. (laughs) Hey, I'm going home. What y'all do is y'all business. I'm off. I'm off the clock. So Earl Hall assured that Mays was not there and allowed several of the crowd Several members of the crowd to inspect the jail. So like, okay, why do they get, to get you guys to go? <laughs> we'll Five elect, we'll elect Jim. Yeah. Jim, get your other two guys, yeah. and we'll let you walk through just to prove to you that we're not hiding anything. Mm-hmm. But why? It's like, why do I have to prove anything? To you? Well, that's crazy. There's Five thousand of them out there. Yeah, but I mean, like, you could they get to pick one and go walk through the jail? It's like, yeah. what? Are, what are you? They're not authorities. Come on, man. Jim Claiborne, an intoxicated member of the crowd, of course. Oh, uh, he was one of the people picked. Yeah, he's one of the people. He's <laughs> drunk. They got like they drinking whiskey and yeah, hiccup, oh. hiccuping. Hey, <laughs> got fucking uh, uh, hay in his mouth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a little hay. Yeah, a little hay string hanging out. <laughs> uh, uh, so Claiborne, the intoxicated member of this crowd, walked to Market Square mm-hmm. and told the crowd there that Mays was at the county jail and that Kate and Hall were hiding him. Jim uh, they Dalton, were, they were at the wrong building. Yeah. Oh. Jim Dalton, a 72-year-old iron worker, called for Mays to be lynched. Mm. And 5,000, a 5,000-strong 5, mob roared towards the jail. 70-year-old mm. man's like, no, Same he got to go. Bring him out of here. Hang him high. And they're like, wow. Like 5,000 people? That's terrifying, man. Mm. In a town that like two weeks ago... Yeah. A black person and a white oh, person that, yeah. like shared a piece of bread and yeah. they're like, we're the most peaceful town in the world. Nah. And two weeks later, it's like, fucking hang up. Yep. 5,000 people with pitchforks and torches. Yep. Crazy. Unable to convince the mob that Mays was not in their custody, 
Caton Hall locked the jail riot doors. At about 8.30, the rioters dynamited their way into the jail. Oh, my God. Ransacking it floor by floor in search of maize. They discovered and consumed a large portion of the jail's confiscated whiskey. <laughs> Took a second to party for a little bit. They had to get, they had to get turned. <laughs> they got turned. Uh, and stole as many firearms as they can. Wow. They committed, crime. they committed crimes. Yes. They blew up. A- <laughs> they dynamited a jail door. These don't count. These don't count. These Busted don't, in. Yeah, these crimes don't count. Drunk the whiskey, got drunk. Stole guns. Stole at, uh, guns. And they was like, oh, while we're here, let's free, let's free a couple of our brothers that's locked up in here. Oh, that's crazy. They freed 16 white prisoners. <laughs> <laughs> Armed them. Hey, take a shot. Mm-hmm. Here, take your gun. Yeah. Let's, let's fucking go. Every- <laughs> You guys join the riot too. You guys come on, join. Yeah, join. Yeah. Let's go. Join the mob. Man, they probably was happy as hell. Right? Some whiskey and some guns and freedom. Mm. So, two platoons of the Tennessee National Guard's 4th Infantry, led by Adjutant General uh, Edward Sweeney, arrived, but they were unable to stop the chaos. They had to pull out too. After looting the jail and Sheriff's Kate House, the mob returned to Market Square where they dispatched five truckloads of rioters to Chattanooga to find Mays. General Sweeney, awaiting the arrival of reinforcements, pleaded with the rioters to disperse. Meanwhile, many of the city's black residents, aware of the race riots that had occurred across the country that summer, the Mm -hmm. Red Summer, had armed themselves and barricaded. Now it's like, this this is what we've built. Yeah. Now, somebody comes and kills a white woman. All hell breaks loose. Now they're going into our, our neighborhoods mm-hmm. and it's trying to take over. Now yes. the black residents are like, fuck that. We got to fuck that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they barricaded them. Because they, they, they've heard the stories. Yep. D.C., all, places all across the country yep. where they burn your, their whole neighborhoods the whole with down. them in the houses still and yep. all kind of crazy shit. Yep. So the, they barricaded the intersections of Vine and Central to defend their businesses. Mm. Now, this is the first time I've heard, you know, I'm about to get into it, but this is the first time I've heard where black people go like, fuck that. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. Um, as the trucks began to de- depart, shots rang out. On but city. think about that, though, for a second real quick. Yeah. This is, there's no way this is the first time that it has happened. Right. So right, right. why don't we hear about those stories? Even if it's yeah. a, even if it didn't work. Even if it was, even if there's tons of stories out there of like a Tulsa type of situation, and people fought back but they still died. Yeah. Why isn't it important to hear stories about people that fought back? Yeah. Why is it always we hear the stories? We don't. Of it's always like torture. We, always we laid torture. down and we died, exactly. but then our resilience. We we made a way. We you know we went through all the pain, but we're still here. As opposed to like, no, I I died fighting. Like I I stand on that. Like I'm fine with that. I didn't let them come and just burn my building down and kill me. I fought because there's that's no video- important to see too. There's no video of that though. There's no video footage. The only videos we footage we have are protesters walking peacefully. I'm talking about like you know, yeah, Selma and Martin Luther King. Right, yeah, walking peacefully, course. being attacked by dogs and water yeah. hoses and shit like that. We don't. We don't definitely don't hear, but we definitely can't see of them fighting back mm-hmm. and getting their guns and you know shooting back. I'm about to get into it. As the trucks began to depart, shots rang out on Central, and it was falsely reported that two soldiers had been killed. Sweeney immediately ordered his guardsmen towards Vine, and the mob followed. Along the way, riders broke into stores on Gay Street to steal firearms and other weapons. 
As the guardsmen turned onto Vine, the street erupted in gunfire as black snipers mm. exchanged fire with both rioters and soldiers. They probably like, I don't know the difference. Y'all are all white. Yeah. So if I feel like y'all, y'all are threat, down, y'all are down, y'all are white and down here, and all of our businesses, you know, on yes. a day like this, they're closed. Oh, yes. There's a fucking, there's a fucking mob of white angry people around. Yep. We're not selling biscuits today. No. We're not selling, uh, you know, uh, uh, cut, cuts of meat today. Yeah. The stores are closed. So if I see you down here and you have a white face, I'm assuming it's because you're coming to throw Molotov cocktails at our house. Yeah. Sorry. And our businesses, but I'm. They got. They like. No, we got. I haven't heard of black people going like, no. Yeah. We're going to go high mm-hmm. and we're sniping whatever that Anybody comes Anybody that comes near my house we and my family yep. is, is over with. Yep. So black snipers exchanged fire with both the riders and the soldiers. The National Guard set up two browning machine guns. If you don't know the browning machine guns, it's a long gun that has these two legs at the, at the front, which you lay down and you have to hold. And they have oh, wow. magazines yeah, yeah. that have these big Hundreds box, of, mm-hmm. and they the, the they magazines go. the guns go from the box into the gun, and they go do 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 do. They they had those. So they went to war, so they fought alongside the racists. Yeah, and used heavy duty machine firearms equipment. I think, but I think it was so much chaos that it was just like we gotta find. They, I mean, they guard. They're the national guards. They're like we have to just try to. Settle all. We have to try to figure something else to calm all this down. I guess. I don't even think it was like we're taking this side. It was. Just I, like I'm not it. saying that it was. Oh, okay. But when you have to deal with the racist people throwing firebombs in your house, yeah. and also the military has a gun that shoots a thousand bullets a second, and they're shooting that at you too. Yeah. It kind of feels like the military is ganging up with the with the racist people that are trying to kill you at the same time. Yeah, but even also, if they're not, they're like, "Well, you guys are shooting at us. Yeah, we're laying down suppressive fire." I understand the logic of right, what right, the right. National Guard right. probably was thinking, but I don't think the racist people stopped doing what they were doing while the National Guard was shooting their gun. Right, but they could see the they could see the rioters though. You can't see the black sniper. You can't see where the black people are sniping right. from. So now right. it's like, yeah. oh, where who, who are we getting hit mm-hmm. from? I'm shooting at where I'm think I'm getting hit from. Yeah. So they got military guns out here mm-hmm. posted up that can tear you the shreds. Yes. <laughs> tear you the shreds, it's man. It's crazy. Um, yeah, so the National Guard set up Browning machine guns on Vine and opened fire towards Central. One guardsman, 24-year-old Lieutenant James William Payne, was shot and wounded by a sniper. And as he staggered into the street, he was cut to pieces by a friendly fire from... From the Browning machine. Mm, chaos. That thing this would sounds, tear you to yeah. parts, man. This sounds like a, a brutal, brutal, vicious night. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So shooting continued sporadically for several hours. The black defenders charged the machine guns several times but failed to capture them. Mm. So they, they were, only they were fed get, up. They were like, fuck this. Yeah, but the, yeah, right. And it was like, but then it's like, we only can do was, we only have some shitty yeah. sniper rifle. Or like, shoot, like shooting like weasels and right. shit. Yeah, like yeah. And they have militarized weapons. Yeah. And for us to try to like to win this battle, we got to try to get that. Get one of those. But it's no, it's they have It's not happening. It's not happening. Among those killed was a black shopkeeper and Spanish American war veteran named Joe Etter, war veteran, wow. who was shot when he attempted to single handedly capture one of the machine guns. Mm. This dude was like, "Fuck this." I'm willing. I'm, I'm willing to die. I'm willing to die to protect mine. Yep. So he single-handedly tried to capture one of the machine guns. Outgunned, the black defenders gradually fled to Central and dispersed, allowing the guardsmen to gain control of Vine and Central mm-hmm. in the early morning hours of August 31st. Now, 
this is when we've talked about this plenty of times where they only can fight for, we only can fight for so long yeah once we don't we have the resources like, to go against the national guard and then it's like okay we have to pack and get the fuck out of here so i left behind my shop and my store and my land yep so the National Guard immediately barricaded Central and aggressively searched all black residents inside the barricaded zone. Mm-hmm. A citywide curfew was imposed and 200 white citizens were temporarily temporarily um, deputized, which is wild. The white citizens that were just like... Which is crazy, Bombing man. and stealing guns and yeah, drinking Yeah, man. It's like, that's the most... White privilege shit I've ever heard in my life was just like. So I know you just committed crimes all night you long. You guys. Now you can do whatever you want with a badge. <laughs> Crazy. 200 of them. I'm Man. sure they picked very carefully and none of them Man. were the guys that were in the 5,000. I didn't even know that was a thing. What, I didn't. De- lo- deputizing? I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. I didn't know they can go like, okay. I give you all of my. Yeah, it's like vampires. Like now true. you're a vampire. Yeah. And it's like, I, you know, I was out here stealing mad shit last night, right? It was, yeah. lit, it was lit. You know, we just talked about hung, hanging somebody, yeah, right? Yeah, Lynching yeah. a black person. We were drinking. We stole your whiskey out of your, uh, out of your uh, police officer right. locker. <laughs> right. <laughs> got his jacket on his like, yes. police jacket. <laughs> <laughs> got his name on it. Right. It's like uh, WT Earl. Yeah, somewhere. yeah. <laughs> so scattered reports of violence persistent throughout the day. Two African-American residents, Carter Watkins and Claude Chambers, were shot and killed at a train station. As they tried to flee, mm. again, they are trying to get out. Fuck it. A deaf black woman was shot when she failed to obey a guardsman's orders to stop. Deaf. So Knoxville. So they're killing black people on sight. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yep. Of course they are. So Knoxville's newspaper placed the death toll to at just two, which was Edder and Payne. Though eyewitnesses' accounts say it was much much higher. Now it was different accounts of how many people were killed. If it was more black, if it was more white, or you know, guards or whatever. National Guard uh, Major Maurice Martin placed it between thirty and forty. Mm. Others placed the death toll in the hundreds. Wow! By some accounts, the dead were so many that the bodies were dumped into the Tennessee River, mm. while others were buried in mass graves outside the city. In the weeks following the riot, many of the city's African American leaders argued that the rioters did not represent the typical attitude of Knoxville's white citizens, even if that was true, hundreds of black residents eventually left the city for good. Mm -hmm. Left everything behind. And another riot nearly occurred in 1921, and and flare-ups would take place sporadically for years afterward. Now, Mm -hmm. this place that they they said was just the the best place ever. The mecca of racial relations and all. mm -hmm. One thing happened, and it was done. It was done, and it continued just, yeah. to, just to happen over and over again. It's crazy, man. And yeah. no black people there. All black people, they're like, That's what I was going to ask you. I, was gonna, I would gone. love to know, uh, see a statistic on the population of Knoxville, Tennessee today. Man. And it always goes back to the same thing. Yeah, like uh, states like Oregon and New Hampshire and, and Wisconsin and, and, and uh, the Dakotas, where you go, yeah, it's just uh, no no black people here, and it's like you want go do the history. I bet <laughs> I bet you can find an event where it's like, well, they there were yeah there were some here yeah, and then something really horrible happened, and then yep. they left. Yep, and, and they yeah, all funneled into one place where they heard black people weren't being treated like shit. Yep, and that was Detroit and L.A. Yep. and Baltimore. Yep, <laughs> and then you go like, and then now people go like, I don't I don't have no reason. If, yeah, no, you guys I'll just always lived there. Yep, I have. No you guys just always lived in Detroit. Just, we just was dropped. In yeah, just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> Always just dropped there. Knoxville's leader, 
refused to believe that believe the riot of 1919 was the result of racial tension. The Knoxville Journal denied a race riot had occurred, insisting the entire incident was nothing more than the city's than the city's rabble running amok. Wow, that's just denial. That's yep. crazy. Yep. I mean, they like they didn't want to take responsibility for that. That's, and they like Knoxville was this best place, and it, yeah. we don't want it to be labeled as this something as else. any other place in, in the, the opposite. In the South. Exactly. Yeah. They just they was like we refused. There was there was no race riot here. People just got refused. crazy one day. Yeah, <laughs> we, they refused. Yeah, Congressman John Charles Hawk argued that the lynch mob would have gone after a white murderer mm. just as eagerly as they as they have gone after after Mays. This is all really which triggering. is all bullshit. Yeah, this is all really triggering because like this is delusional. Yes, and this is the same kind of uh, language that. Um, we see today, like when the when the Eagles win the Super Bowl, and there's or Duke wins the national championship, and you see kids flipping cars over and stuff. And yeah, it's like oh, they're just those are just, they're just wild. There's kids being silly and stuff, yeah. burning shit down burning and shit going down. crazy yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. But when it's uh, blackface is doing that for like oh. real injustice, it, yeah, it, it, the tone is very different. There's Absolutely. no forgiveness or understanding, or kids are just, they're just they're just passionate. Like, yeah, so much understanding when you see kids like. Duke, 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 and they're flipping a car over and stomping on it and shit. But like for that. them, so but this is for that. That's just all gross. But for them to say, to and probably say it with a straight face to go like, if he was white, they if he was still. white, they would have did the same as that. Like, you know, that's not true at all. And it, I just, it, I hate that. Um, and this time, yeah. where it's, it's happening, like it's this is happening, like all and throughout the South, and you're like. If it was a white guy, it would be the same thing happened. And that's that's and again, we talk about this a lot, but that's what's in so insidious about racism is that that's such a gross thought exercise to make black people play because it makes us sound crazy. Yeah. Like right now in a way less uh serious event, like Lamar Jackson, the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, they've made this guy out to be like listen, they're playing oh, they're playing yeah, they're yeah. playing football yeah, yeah. for money, whatever. You know, he should be taking whatever millions every it's, it's you're getting paid to play a game or whatever. But if it was time for Joe Burrow to get paid, yeah. or it was time for uh, uh, the dude up in uh, San Diego Chargers, Justin Herbert, to get paid, mm. I feel he'd already been paid. He it wouldn't have been the teams colluding to be no. like nobody's going to pay this guy money, and but it sounds crazy to say that. Yeah, but history tells me differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just history, the way we're perceived tells me differently that if Joe Burrow needed his money. And wanted his money, whatever money he wanted, all the teams wouldn't all of a sudden be like, you know, we don't need a quarterback right now. Yeah. We're good. We're all not going to, we're not interested. Yeah. Also, it's just I, that kind of stuff. Like, it's just making you play these games. Of a, well, if he was white, they would have reacted the same way. You go, no, you know that's you not know true. That's true. Yeah. I, also, I think about this. I think about this, too. Is like, say this flip. Say a white guy murders a black, a black woman. Oh, that right. would be no outrage. Yeah, yeah. As black people, you go, is it, does it, is it unfortunate? Yes. Yeah. Does it suck? Yes. Of course. But it's like, we don't have, it's too much shit that we already have to do with us to go like, let's, it's like, we, it's like, we don't, we already don't have the energy to fight this everyday fight that we Yeah. Do. But then the, like, to try to like, get no, but, everybody it's, like, but that's the thing though. It's not about the woman, right? Like that's a tragedy. Yeah. And th when, you, it, this is why this exercise is so impossible because you can't flip it because for them, it's, we allowed you guys to 
be in our neighborhoods and feel safe. Like we allowed yeah. all this yeah, and you yeah, took yeah. advantage okay. of that yeah, yeah. by one of you killing one of ours. Yeah. And so we're now going to kick you out of our neighborhood. Black people don't have that ability right. to be like, the only comparable thing would be what we saw in LA in 1992. Yeah. When a Korean liquor store owner in a black neighborhood killed a girl who was she thought was stealing from her store and they burned the store. They burned everything down. Yeah. But they burned specifically, they burned that store out of their neighborhood. Yeah. But they burned everything down. But that's the closest I could even come to like somebody going, you disrespected us in our neighborhood. We're going to gather together and kick you out. Because that's what that was. Where they, yeah, they're, they're mad the lady got killed. That's obviously, that's a tragedy. But that's not why they gathered 5,000 strong. Yeah, yeah. They gathered 5,000 strong because a black person had the nerve to step out of line and, and, and do something to us. And I, I can't play that reverse exercise because I can't see that. I, don't, I can't see that being like, you know what? And we gave y'all so many chances. Yeah. And now one of y'all did this. Everybody, let's go. Let's all gather together. And if I, it's, I just can't picture. We don't have the infrastructure to be able to maneuver that way. Yeah. That's a fight we won't be. We won't win. That's what, yeah, yeah. So, um, fifty-five white rioters were charged with various minor offenses in October of nineteen nineteen, but were all acquitted. Shocker. Accused killer Maurice Mays was treated more severely. Mm-hmm. Shortly after his arrest, Mays released a statement denying involvement, declaring that the case against him was one of oppression and injustice. Mm-hmm. He said that uh, had the officers been honest in their duties. They would have arrested several suspects, filling the description, and kept the arrest secret. Then they would have allowed the lady to come to come in in a composed condition mm-hmm. and picked out the guilty party. Yeah, they like brought him to the crime scene they that brought, night, right? They brought him to her and was like, is this him? Yeah. She's like, like hey, well, he yes. was that light. Yeah, it's him. Yeah. Like the shit happened like hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> As it is, it looks like bad management based on oppression and prejudice. I believe the court will believe me. So, tell me, friend. You know we know that. <laughs> we know that happened. And in October of 1919, May's trial began. Former Mayor um, Samuel Heaskell served as the special prosecutor, while Mays was defended by defense attorney Reuben Cates and prominent Black attorney William F. Yardley. Although there was no motive, there was virtually no evidence. Uh huh. And Mays was convicted. <laughs> Shocker. On what? On you fucked and being my mulatto? wife. <laughs> On you fucked my wife. Yeah. I mean, that's it. He that's was having like, sex with white They women. had nothing. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, Alaska he's, up, he's, he's, he's uppity. He thinks he's the mayor's son. He's yeah. fucking white women. Yep. You're going to, you're dying. We're hanging. We're going to, you're going to the electric chair. You know it. Mays was convicted. The case was eventually overturned by the Tennessee Supreme Court. But Mays was convicted in a retrial. Mm. In April of 1921. So shortly after 6 a.m. in the morning of March 5th, 15th, 1922, Maurice Mays was led from his cell mm. and strapped to the electric chair at Tennessee State Prison in Nashville. At 612, a single jolt of 68, I'm sorry, 6,800 volts was sent through his body. He was pronounced dead four minutes later. Mm. Mays maintained his innocence of the charges against him to the end. Ultimately, ascribing his conviction and death sentence to politics. In 1922, former Mayor John McMillan, McMillan, McMillan believed 
to have been Maze's biological father committed suicide. Ooh, I don't know if that had, you yeah, think that had, yeah, I don't know if that had anything to do with that, but. You can't make assumptions. Yep. Uh, efforts have been made to clear the name of Maze, but on July 26, 2011, Governor Bill Haslam said in part, the governor is not in a position to grant his request. Decisions such as this are not easy decisions, especially when they involve substituting uh, one's judgment for that of the jury over approximately 90 years later. So they wouldn't even give him one of those phony they posthumous apologies. They wouldn't acquit him for that wow. at all. The, the, even, the mayor basically came out and was like, that's not any of my business. I can't do nothing. Yeah, sorry. This happened over 90, 90 yeah. some years ago. I can't. Wrong bitch. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> and Damn. Yeah, man. Uh, and this, I wanted to show you a picture of him too. Here we go. Oh, fly. Oh, with the one leg up? I'll be posting this. I'll be posting this on the Instagram and that's other places. Right there. No, that's, that's, a, that's Maurice Mays. No, that's a fly. With the cane? With the cane. No, he's very mulatto. That's the yeah, most man. light-skinned way I've ever seen somebody post for a picture yeah. in my life. Clean, too. Yeah, that's, that's light-skinned before people even knew what light-skinned was. He's like yeah, a daywalker. He's like Blade. Yeah. <laughs> the first light-skinned. Right. Uh, yeah, man, so that was Maurice Mays, and that was the Knoxville ride of 1919. Again, yeah. I love doing these stories so much um, because... Even though we all know what kind of, you know, kind of with the timeline of what kind of what happens in these stories, mm -hmm. there's so many of them. Yeah. So many of them. And it's all like from a black guy, you know, African-American guy, him being accused of killing, killing a white, white person mm -hmm. or, you know, stealing or something mm -hmm. like that. And it's like, all hell breaks loose. But I'm always that the part that fascinates me the most is that, like you said, there's we've, we've read so many different instances of it happening. But the script is always the same. Always. It's same. like because it's like so primal. It's like yes. it's just like it was this inherent reaction in people at the time. And even today, like when you see what happened on January 6th and stuff, like, it's just like in people to mob up, uh, click up. Yeah. And, you know, under one banner, fight, argue, attack. For their cause or their yeah. beliefs, like it's, yeah. it's human nature. It really is. It's, it's it's fascinating, but yeah, that looks like yeah when light skinned dudes get an idea like that. That is a meme. <laughs> yeah. Like that's such a meme. Yeah, he's fly. That's sad, fly, man. Probably don't even need the cane. No, oh no, of course it's not. All, it's, it's just all, a walking it's stick. All, yeah, it's, it's all about it's, it's just a walking stick, and and, and these dudes would be like, "This guy fucked my wife." Yeah, let's go pin a murder on him. Yeah, they went and picked him up from whatever wherever he was at. You know, you somewhere talking some. Hey, baby, let me tell you something. Hey baby, you should I'm come. Why don't I'm, you come with me? I'm actually shocked that he even made it to the damn. To the yeah, prison. like they didn't get him when they fucking ripped the. They blew up the wall, the dynamite of the wall. Yeah, or when they took him to back to the Miss Ora Smith, I think her name was, to kind of be like, oh, is, to, this, is him? this him? Yeah, yeah, they didn't like shoot him in his face, or right something, there or like, yeah. you know, be, you know. Team up with the riders. The fact, yeah, the like, fact that even though it was a miscarriage of justice, the fact that this guy saw like judicial justice, like a, a court system, no matter how flawed I'm and shocked. fucked up it was, yeah. it's shocking that he wasn't just killed in the in a field somewhere. But he, like I said, it was all policies. It was like he had to go. He had to like, go. The had, whole city burned down. The yeah, National we, Guard got called in. You this this murder has to be solved yeah. of this woman, and it has to be you. It has to be you. After all this, a hundred people died, <laughs> and we're saying it was two. Yeah, you got to go. You, and that's fucked up, man. Yeah, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. Very political. Yeah, so that was the Knoxville ride of 1919, if anybody's not familiar with that. But, I mean, like, these stories are important. Very. And uh, I'm still upset that, like, these 
Because we didn't learn this in school. And if if they didn't teach us this in school, they're definitely not doing it now. Hell no. So we didn't learn about people like this. I just, we didn't learn I just about don't Nat, want we didn't learn about go. Nat Turner. Like we, yeah. we didn't learn about these people. Like these are not stories that I learned about in school. Yeah, man. You know, and, and every everything that I learned about black history, American history, um, for the most part was wrapped in the umbrella of a white savior, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, fucking Well, for me it was always like Martin Luther King. But it's like but he wasn't the yeah, it's like so many people. But I mean like, like yeah, I but it's like Martin Luther King, great guy. That one you can't you can't it's like that one is like you can't avoid that one. Though. Of course. Because he has a birthday as a holiday. Yeah. And it's like you can't it's like we this one we have to do because you can't we can't we can't like push this by the wayside. We can't no. push Martin Luther King his history, whatever. But him. even like Opposite in opposition to him, Malcolm X, just equally as famous as a figure. Yeah, there was no school was not focusing on teaching us about Malcolm X. No, they weren't having us read the autobiography of Malcolm X in school. I understand that he was a pimp before he, you know, converted to Islam and a these pimp. Things. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was like a pimp and a womanizer, and yeah, Malcolm Little Red or whatever his name was before he became Malcolm X was like a a street guy. He was doing drugs and turned his life over to. He know. was a pimp. You sure about that? He was something like a pimp. Oh. I'm pretty sure he was a pimp, yeah. But um, he didn't have a fur coat. And a, I don't really know where your head goes. He wasn't wearing like a top hat. Yeah, like, man. No, oh. like, he dabbled in women. But oh, he wasn't like a fucking... I thought he was out there. Hey, baby, nice. let me tell you something, baby. He got like a Cadillac. No, no, no. Oh. It, was, it was like 1947 or something. He was young. That's not, that's not what a pimp is. That's what pimps do. Right? I mean, yeah, but it, <laughs> he, would, he didn't have like a top hat and a fur coat. <laughs> He was <laughs> like a feather in the hat. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, the cane. No, it wasn't. It was no, it wasn't any of that stuff. But, <laughs> but he did. He used to perm his hair, like stuff like you know, stuff like that. But my point is, I didn't learn about Malcolm X in school, and he's equally. Yeah, he's the other side of that coin of famous black civil rights era leader. Yeah, and I didn't learn about Malcolm X in school. Martin Luther King was safe to white people. He was nice. He didn't want people to fight. You could hit him in the head with a brick. He won't. Don't fight back. So it's like, of course, of course, we'll teach about him in school. Yeah. There's no, there's no violent footage to show us of Martin Luther King. Not that I'm saying it needs to be violent, but it just he's so sanitary to, to teach about. Yeah. Because he was nonviolent. He yeah. was safe. Good speaker. Nice guy. Handsome. Easy. Spoon, you could spoon feed this guy to people. Everybody, black girls, white girls. He wanted everybody to be happy. Yeah. It wasn't about black liberation. So Martin Luther King was very easy to go. Why don't you all just act like this guy? Just be like that. Yeah. Why you got so angry? And you got Malcolm X and these other people telling you why they're so angry. But they don't know. We don't need to be telling people about that stuff. And now here we sit in 2023. And my man Ron DeSantis is down there in Florida like, look, man, we don't want to learn about any of this shit. We're not even going to use the word slave. They were workers and they were fed pretty well. And everybody's, hey. You ever seen Kodak Black? He's got money. So it worked out, right? For everybody. It kind of worked out. That's crazy. It's the world we live in, bro. It's a hell of an example. It's like, look at the world we live in now. Everybody's good. You ever heard Drake has a plane? You guys want to talk about slavery? Like, have you heard of P. Diddy? Ciroc? So one out of like... <laughs> yeah, it's like, slavery is pretty bad, I guess. I don't know. But like, have you ever heard of Jay-Z? <laughs> so how about you guys shut the fuck up? Crazy, also, use your own bathroom. Like it's just like crazy. Like just crazy law. It's just it's all sick shit, man. It's just sick. It's sick times, and like they want to erase history. But you know, we're not going to get into that because it's time for good vibes, man. Let's be happy, man. <laughs> Let's have. A, I'm giggling, friend. I'm happy. The world's so positive, man. And I'm happy. Let's get into some good vibes. Uh-huh.
That's right, folks. It's time for some good vibes. We're here to send you off into the world. I know things got a little intense and dark at the end of the air, but, you know, hey, man, when Fran brings up black history, yeah. it does something to me, you know, because I just feel like people should know about that stuff. You yeah. know, and, and, and it's being actively hidden and destroyed and, you know, kept from people as we speak today in 2023. So I just feel like, you know, it, it, you know, it's, it's a source. It's a sensitive subject. But uh, we're here to get into some good vibes. Fran, would you like to kick things off? First yeah, man. Yeah, uh, my good vibe this week is about a woman has finally married the love of her life. That's sweet. At 78 years old. That's great. That's great. After her family banned her from doing so when she was 18. To this guy? I would assume yes. Oh, that's sweet. So the couple first tried to marry all the way back in 1963. Mm. However, they were forced to separate after the bride's family disapproved of her group. Mm. I really want to know, was this guy like a bad boy? Was he like a uh, was he like a gang member? Probably like a greaser type, like like uh, like like greaser, like singer, gang member, like he had a doo-wop group. Leather jacket, Leather hair, jacket slick back, hair slick comb back, comb knife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he was that type of guy. So I got chills. They're multiplying. Yeah. Like, this kid's bad news. <laughs> and you stay away from that boy. Right. Lee um, Arbrington, 79, mm-hmm. and Jeanette Steer, 78, met as met as trainee nurses on the uh on the Isle of Isle of White. Shortly after they planned to relocate to Australia. And start a life together. However, as Jeanette was 18 then, she needed to obtain consent from her parents. As the legal age to get married was 21 in the 60s. Damn. Lynn moved to Australia and started and started a, a life there, marrying and having children, and Jeanette doing the same in England. It's crazy how all those years, you know, they was they wanted to get married. Didn't happen. Yeah. They went on and lived their lives. Mm-hmm. Had Came love, back. lost love. Yeah. Yeah. Came back. But after Lynn's marriage ended in 2015, he decided to try and reconnect with Jeanette. By oh, traveling he was obsessed. To, by traveling to Newport and looking up her address in the elect, electoral roll, Lynn then went to her garden, garden fence to which Janet came outside to see who it is. Mm. Jeanette, who was still married to her first husband at the time, didn't recognize Lynn, but was shocked when he revealed his identity. He showed up to a happy he's starting, home. He's starting. Starting a little trouble, sounds like. No, yeah. not in the golden years, too. Like, we just chilling up in the house. Yeah. Old and old, stuff. yeah. Nah. You However. Gotta run, you got to run me my fade. Jeanette shooed Lynn away uh-huh. and told her husband he was a stranger lost asking for directions. Mm. She, but she, she, she knew who he she was. She knew who he was. She had a flame. But two years later, Jeanette's husband sadly died from cancer. Following his death, Jeanette and Lynn reunited again when she found his address in a Christmas card. He had previously sent her. Mm. As she tracked him down, their romance blossomed, and Lynn invited Jan- Jeanette uh, to live with him and and live with him in Stephen St- Stevenage. I don't know anything. I don't know where, where, where this. So is he proposed trying. to her last year, and the two um, wed last month in a private ceremony, to which one of Jeanette's daughters gave her away, and. She said, "Married life is fantastic. It couldn't be better." Uh, how you feel? About, how you feel about that? Um, I feel that he was, was thinking dirty about her macking all along, uh-huh. and he dirty macked 
after he found her, he was still sending her love letters and stuff after she told him yeah. to just go away. And then when she and then had, her husband died. When she had a chance. It was like it's go time. Yeah, I don't know how I feel. I'm haunting them. Also on my deathbed as I'm dying, I'm like, and don't don't call that guy. <laughs> respect gonna, me. Respect me. She's gonna do that. Yeah, but I'm gonna hunt. Don't do not the guy that showed up. Not the guy that showed up at the, the house. And he didn't know. He did know. She said she shoot him away and, and said she didn't. But know. But he didn't know she was married. Oh, because she said because he popped up. No, I'm just saying the husband. Oh. She, she told him that I don't know who he was. Yeah, but yeah. He, I'm talking about he didn't know the guy. Her. He just was looking for her. He was looking for. Her. Still, he didn't know. Man. He knew once she told him to go away, and he yeah. still he stuck around. Oh yeah, he, knew, he knew what he wanted. Somebody when I was going to go. If it go my way, and if it, it doesn't go my way, then I won't be sad anymore because I have to just accept that she died. Yeah, but if if he dies, I'm in there like swimwear. Yeah, and you get married immediately. We don't got time to waste. Yeah, yeah. Listen, we only got a precious few left. You know, we got to <laughs> spend these together. Yeah, you know. Uh, but yeah, okay. My good vibe story is from a couple of months ago, but it's always a sweet story. These these stories like this. So, a forty eight million dollar lottery ticket was recently sold in Canada to someone who had never played the lottery before, man, because she had just turned eighteen years old. Wow. Juliette Lamore purchased the ticket at a Circle K store in Salt Ste. I don't know what S T E uh, stands for, but Marie. Ontario and found out she won on January 7th while she was at work at her 18 year old job. That's crazy. A, it's, a barista. It's, but I mean, like, she never even had to work. She didn't, she just started working. Yeah, but I go, now is this, what do you think about this? What? When I hear these stories, I go, I just don't have the type of luck. But is 48 it, M's? But is it, but I mean, like, but what is luck, though? Ooh. Is it luck? Damn, like, I don't, that's a question. That's deep. It's deep, but I'm What is like, luck? Belief is it, is it? Is it? I mean, like, are we lucky because we still be we're alive? Or they're like levels, luck is luck is subjective. Luck. luck is subjective. Luck okay. is subjective. Okay. Yeah, you're lucky. Yeah. Every day you wake up, you you're lucky. You're able to have children. You have yeah. children. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're lucky. But you ain't forty eight million dollars lucky off the first try. And that's what I'm talking about. I don't have that. Luck. This is different. This is that's level different. ten luck. That's level ten. You luck. and me level around like level three luck. Like you know we're alive. Yeah, you know yeah. life is good. Yeah, we're yeah, employed. Yeah, yeah. That's all lucky stuff, especially yeah. in today's climate, where we have a roof over our head. Like yeah. that's all lucky. Well, you know, and work and too stuff too. Obviously, you got to put some work in. But everything has a level of luck to it. Yeah. Forty eight million dollars off the first try on the lottery? <sighs> no, we don't have that kind of luck. Man, your life change. Your life just started. <laughs> your life just started. She's eighteen. Oh my god, that's crazy! But it's not gonna go how she thought it was gonna go. What do you mean? Like you eighteen, you go like I'm just I'm a I'm a graduate school. You and forty in 40 the best M's, way about you like oh yeah I'm done. Forty M's you go I'm done. <laughs> Maybe I get a job for fun or something like that, but I'm done. Like eighteen years old, you're done. Let's say they in Canada they have the same rules here. You go, you get twenty, you get twenty of that. 20 million dollars you don't expect to at 18 years old there's no way you project yourself making 20 million dollars in your lifetime no so i'm done i take that money i put it in a roth ira <laughs> i give myself a dividends type of situation of like pay me out a, enough money that i make a hundred thousand dollars a year yeah and then everything else and then the account That's it? yeah bro i'm not living crazy you want to no, live no, this no, lamborghini no, 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 lifestyle no, 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 no. and all this 20 million, you $100,000 a year. Okay, I'm 18, so that's different. I'm saying me now. But at 18, I hope somebody's in her ear to tell her to do it the right way 
and not just keep $42 million in your savings, in your checking account. $100,000 a year, though, that's it. That's a good, that's, what do you mean? 18 years old. I'm talking about you right now. I'm talking about me right now, yeah. $100,000, that's 100, it. $100,000 a year. That's it? So, I'm saying all the other money, put it in a, a you know, that. yeah, an account with some interest bearing. You can bump it up $200,000. Two fifty, two hundred fifty thousand. There you 250. go. Two fifty. All right, two fifty. All right, okay. All right, let's, let's be let's be, let's have some fun. Yeah, man. Hundred thousand. Come on. So bro. it's paying me. I don't know what's that like. I don't know twenty five thousand, twenty about twenty thousand dollars a month, about four thousand dollars a week. Plenty of money to play around with. That's Lamborghini money. You can buy Lamborghini with that. <laughs> what, then I'm just gonna keep the money. See you, you. Why would you even have this strategy if you're gonna live the Lamborghini life? I'm going to get me a nice, sensible car, bro. I'm going to get me a, something nice, Mercedes, you know, something nice. Buy Lambo. You make it, what, 20000 a month? Lambo, then the insurance Lambo. is crazy. Come on, bro. You got to get the house. Yeah, you, got, you don't need no crazy house. You need a nice little house, nice little rancher with a garage. For the Lamborghini. The Lamborghini. <laughs> That's it, man. No, you're right. Let's see what. Let's see what. Let's buy see Hondas. What, Hondas. You go and buy one. I didn't say buy a Honda. No, I'm saying you buy a Honda as your everyday car. Oh, but then you take the, you know, when you want to yeah. play. Yeah, you take the Lamborghini because it holds, it keeps its value. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. If you say so, let's see what Juliet Lamore. You like it holds its value. It's always it's worth the same as always when yeah. you get it. So Juliet Lamore said she checked the ticket while she was at work on the lottery app, and a jingle started to play with big winner displayed on the screen. She said, "My colleague fell to his knees in disbelief. He was screaming. In fact, he was screaming. In fact, everyone was screaming that I had won forty-eight million dollars." She said nearly $36 million. That's, that's nearly $36 million U.S. At first, I didn't understand what was going on. I couldn't take in the news. We made quite the scene in the store that day. Oh, and I quit. Oh, man. Yeah, I would have made quite the scene, too. Man. I would like, and Cheryl, you always doing shit, and you leave me off the schedule? Fuck you. I quit. Oh, man. <laughs> Kick the trash can over. I would have made a farted. Oh, man. Yeah, it would have got crazy. I quit. Yeah, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I always hated this job, and I hate you. No, nah, they just seen a different side of me. Oh, yeah, it'd have been a mess. You know how I said we'd be friends forever? I lied. <laughs> I quit, and you'll never see me again. None of you. Uh, so, uh, uh, Lamore said that she hopes to become a doctor in Ontario after college. <laughs> Good for her, I guess. Uh, she said she plans to I'm invest the money. <laughs> she says she plans to invest the money, and fortunately, her father is a financial planner. Ooh, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. If her father was really smart, he'd be like, be a what? <laughs> You're going to become a property investor. Yeah. And do nothing and do for the nothing. rest of your life. <laughs> what are we talking about here? See, get blood on you every day and have to tell people their their brother's dead? Like, no, I'm, not, just, I'm not getting up for something I don't have to get. No, 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 no. Unless you have a passion to be a doctor, I guess that's a calling. I don't know. But yeah. not when I have $20, $35 million in the bank. My calling is uh, Punta Cana. <laughs> Or something like that. Somewhere, which is a beautiful place. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I'm, yeah. my my calling is like uh, beaches and stuff. Yeah, the playa, not playa playa. So uh, she also plans on putting some of it towards. A, oh, here we go. Yeah, get into it. A trip for her family. Boom, that's boring. When school is over, my family and I will choose a continent to go explore. Um, she said, I'm not one to spend my days at the beach. Well, whatever. Fuck, yeah. Well, fuck you, Juliet. Uh, I want to visit different countries, learn about their history and culture, taste food, and listen to people speak their language. Money doesn't define you, Lamore said. It's the work you do that will def define you. It'll define me. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> 
35 million dollars would define me pretty well as a matter of fact if you look me up in the dictionary if that was me it would, be, it would the definition of album would be the guy who won 35 million dollars <laughs> right. it would define me really well it would be the how would i lead with stuff yeah. like they'd be like wow what are you doing in germany today well you know i won 35 million dollars in the lottery and so yeah. i just decided to come here that's how i'm leading every conversation i wouldn't even say i would, I would just bullshit everybody Oh, you would just you oh yeah yeah. You yeah, yeah actually that's dumb. That's how that's how you become a lick. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah that's how you become yeah that's how you become a mark. Yeah, I don't want to be a mark. Uh, yeah, so that was my good vibe story. Uh, before we get out of here, I um I have to address something because people keep I've gotten several messages from people that um are asking me why I haven't said anything about Snowfall. Okay, like they're in disbelief that I haven't watched Snowfall. Let me be honest with you. The last season was terrible. I'm hearing that it's good, but when sometimes when the season's bad, I don't rush to the new season. So it kind of caught me off guard that it's back on. Yeah. And so I haven't started, I haven't picked it up yet, but yeah. I do plan on watching it. I watched the first season. Oh, you finally did? Yeah. It's a great show. Yeah, I like it. But after John Singleton died, it kind of went off the rails to me. Not not immediately, but the last season was crazy. There was a tiger. Like it just it just got crazy. So I didn't rush to this season. But I know Snowfall's great, and I will finish the show because it's the last season. So, of course, I will finish it. But other stuff is taking precedent. Got hit by the biggest show in the world. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, The Last of Us just... I haven't had really any room yeah. for anything else. But now it's over, and I can try new things. But one thing I did try, I watched the first episode of Luther. Okay. With that stud muffin Idris Elba on there. What is that on? Is it it's on Hulu. Okay. It's on Hulu. Um, first episode's fantastic. Uh, it kind of has this Killing Eve type of energy to it where it's a detective... And a serial killer, and they have this like sexual tension, mm. but he wants to catch her, and she wants to keep le- le- leaving breadcrumbs for him to catch her. Okay. And the breadcrumbs are p- dead people. Oh, so they have this real pull, push and pull type of stuff. Yeah. But I will check out Snowfall. Obviously, it's you know I I, I love Snowfall. Last season kind of didn't hit for me, but I still love Snowfall. And now that the Last of Us is over, over, I, I have some room to. You know, try some new stuff. But I did try Luther, and that's what I'm kind of diving into right now. Fran, you, uh, what's filling your? Is anything st- taking the void since the last of us, of, of us has ended? Or you haven't even? Did you watch I haven't the last? Watched the last still, I still, 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 still saving it. Still saving it. Okay, I'm right, still okay. saving the last episode of the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not watching anything else. I'm caught up in. Um, my sleep has been bad. Got it. So I'm trying to so catch. Trying to, I'm trying to get on the sleep routine, so I haven't been staying up late. Um, but and basketball's on, so it's like I'm not. Yeah, and the Lakers are making a real push. Yeah, I'm, I'm too focused on that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> La- the team. Lakers are making a real push for Take the playoffs, and that's that's taking up a lot of time. Yeah, March Madness is going on. It's, yes, it's, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. It's, not, it's, not sport, it's real sports time. Yeah, yeah, yeah understandable. So but yeah. I do have some stuff that's, I see some stuff pop up on, I know you get the HBO Max notifications. It's mm-hmm. popped up on there. I, I got saved. I'm going to try to check out. I've been trying to check out some stuff that I, that I feel like you haven't watched yet, mm-hmm. just so I can come in and talk about it, but I haven't. It's a couple on there. I'd be hard pressed to find some stuff I haven't watched. I'm be honest with you, man. Okay. Um, I have not. I haven't watched Perry Mason since the first episode, which I did like, but I just fell behind. So I think there might be on episode four now. But it's still great, and the first season of Perry Mason was fantastic. Um, yeah. Other than that, Secession comes back on this month soon. It's one of my favorite shows ever. I think the 26th of March. But uh, yeah, it's all kind of stuff. Um, but you guys can, you know, let us know what you're watching. We'd love to hear about that. Yeah. Give us some recommendations, obviously, since the last of us of us is over. But uh, anyway, I don't, you know, I don't really have you anything. See John Wick. What's this for? I think so. That's another one. I'm just kind of like, you know, I get it, man. He uh, has a gun and a suit. Yeah, and but it's action packed though, so I'm going to go see it. Definitely. It is action packed. 
Definitely gotta watch that. It's one of those kind of things where it's like if you love Fast and the Furious, you're gonna love every Fast and the Furious. But nah, me. No? Nah, it got old to you at a point? Absolutely. But John Wick, I think, has gotten old to me. But I I'm probably gonna go see it. Yeah, yeah if I'm being honest, yeah, I'm probably gonna go see it. Yeah. But I still haven't even seen Creed. So, you know, and I'm yeah. way more excited to see Creed than John Wick, so I don't know. I just I don't I don't I don't know if I'm gonna go see John Wick. Okay. But I might. Right. If you want to go see John Wick, I'll go see John Wick. Yeah, let's go see. It. Let's go see John Wick. All right, see that easy. Yeah. I guess I'm going to go see John Wick. Uh, but anyway, this has been another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner, True Crime Friend, Sal Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Deuces. <laughs>